trash guard. Kneel before General Zod, this plan is Krypton. No Asgard, Asgard, so you be throwing. I'll be Odin, floating, I'll be potent. Let off, then I'm reloading. Immediately with these bombs I'm toting. And I should not be walking. I'm the walking dead, but I'm just a talking head, a zombie floating. But I got your mom deep in the I'm out my ramen noodle. We have nothing in common, poodle. I'm a doberman. Pinch yourself in the arm and pay homage to you. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith, and with me today is Austin. And you asked for it, so we provided it. Drew is once again dead. Yep. Swagnito specifically requested that his fear of Drew... Uh, I don't know exactly. He just said he was terrified of Drew being the wild card for the dial design, so we made him disappear for you, buddy. And I got Drew's chair this week, so ha, I got the comfortable chair. We're recording two days late because of my trip to Kentucky to visit family and my near-death experience on the way back. Oh, I heard about that. Uh, actually, so, <laughs> yeah, so we're on the way, and uh, I don't know where most of our listeners reside, but there was a bad uh, storm going across the mid, not just here, at Midwest. Uh, yeah, it blew through. It crossed uh, quite a few states, and uh, tornadoes and such. I was on the way back from around the Louisville area, taking I-65 north, and we had just crossed into Indiana, and uh, the wind was like super bad, blowing the SUV all over the road or whatever, like the whole way there. But we get to this, we get to Columbus exit, and I notice that the sky ahead of us is really dark, like, it's like 4.30 p.m., and it's like jet black. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so then, off in the distance, to the far left, if, if you can just picture you're in an SUV, you're just see miles straight ahead of you of interstate, and just a you know just kind of the landscape and just clouds. I saw this very faintly darker color black, like almost like a pillar of clouds, but it was moving from left to right. Okay, oh, nice. now it's far away. But it's, it is booking it across yeah. the landscape. And from that far away, the clouds should be stagnant. It shouldn't be moving yeah. at all. Like, that far away. I was like, Ashley, look at that little black pillar. Do you see that? She's like, yeah. She's like, it's moving. I'm like, it's moving about 100 times faster than it should be moving. <laughs> so, sure enough, it starts to swirl. And I see that little black streak that I could see start swirling and swirling. So, we get... By the time that it crosses across the interstate, it starts to turn into a freaking funnel cloud. Right when we get to it, basically, and it it crosses onto the up to the right side of the interstate, and it turns into a giant like movie tornado. Right, <laughs> and the bottom funnel starts forming beside us on the ground, and it just all of a sudden just a wall of just hard uh, rain hits. So we have to pull off. All these other cars are pulled off under the Brit, you know, we're under an underpass or whatever. And Ash is like, look, there's the other funnel forming. So the bottom funnel starts forming, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to die here in about <laughs> two seconds. So I was like, get your freaking jacket, and let's go run under under the bridge. But it started raining so hard and got so black that you literally couldn't see outside of the SUV. Was it like the scene in Man of Steel, and Ash is like, no, Hunter, don't use your powers. The world's not ready. It was some scary <laughs> crap, man. Um but luckily the two the two funnels never connected yeah. you know to form the tornado but yeah that's that storm was nasty it was pretty scary you know it might have turned into a to a, a tornado afterwards but i didn't give it time as soon as i saw as soon as it cleared up a little bit and i could see that i could get back on the road i got back on the road and we took off yeah when that blew through uh like we moved into our new house and i'm up on the second floor 
I have my window open, and like, there's no rain or anything. And out of nowhere, clear, sunny day, lightning strikes a house that's not, like, I don't know, 100 feet away from me. And I'm in a neighborhood with no trees, so my first response is, everything's turning off, I'm going downstairs for a little bit. That was a scary set of storms. So, um, anyways, <clears throat> today we're going to be discussing Lord of the Rings Two Towers, uh, new spoilers, and discussing Iron Man comics. First, we're going to start off with some what we played. Wednesday, we went to Game Preserve, where we had a, um, was it Memorial Day, or Veterans Day? Veterans Day. Memorial Day's in May. Sorry, I get all my <laughs> obscure holidays mixed up. Martin Luther King Day, President's <laughs> Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day. I could not tell you a single date of any of those days. we got to do a special Martin Luther King Day. I really Day don't film. give a shit. <laughs> but anyways, um, it was a soldier-only event. Was it 500 points, I think? Yep. And uh, Silver Age, no resources or any of that stuff. But you could play. You could play vehicles, but only a tank. Um, what team did you run? I can't remember. I ran my uh, Man of Steel Everyman team. I ran all those soldiers, the fifty-point soldiers from the Man of Steel set, with uh, Colonel Hardy, and I ran the uh, military tank piloted. Um, the team. The team was great. I mean, like I really enjoyed that team. Um, those soldiers, I knew were going to be good. They have pinside on their top dial. And they have a special movement where if they end their movement next to another sold, another character named Soldier, um, they can make an action, either ranged or close combat, as a free action. So they get to do they get to run full movement, which is eight squares at top dial, eight squares, and then pin side at what is it six range, five range. That is very nice, yeah, because uh, you know uh, it's it's reminiscent of the. Uh SOG Gordon piece. That's exactly what I was thinking. Except, about I don't think that one lets you do an action. I think, it, yeah, it's only an attack. This is letting you use Psychic Blast or Energy Explosion. And these guys have police team ability. So actually, they do work with some of those obscure police characters that refer to stuff. Like, I think the sergeants refer to the team ability or keyword. Right. Um, stuff like that. But uh, what I would do is I would use the tank as an enhance. I would move it forward. It provides enhancement to all of them. If it's got a pilot, um, it could buff their range up to three. Um, and then, of course, it rolls for damage if you do that. But a three damage pin side from a 50-point figure is nothing to scoff at. I had some rounds, like, my first game, I uh, he was running that Namek. I dropped that Namek in one turn. It was just place, boom, place, boom, place, boom. And these characters that have 18 defenses, I'm like, oh, no, I have a 9. No, now I'm hitting on a 15 because I'm surrounded by soldiers that yeah. I can see him. Um, it was a great team. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I ended up going for a fellowship. I got fellowship with it. Uh, me and Scott did. Scott ran a similar team with uh, uh, Uncle Sam, pretty much. I don't remember his name. I had to play against Scott first round. I played a little crappy uh, Lord of the Rings team. Uh, it was a... Uh, let see if I can pull up all the guys here. I played two of the... If, if We're going to be talking about the mounted units when we get to our main topic of reviewing that set but uh the two mounted units that i played are just god awful yeah i was gonna say um i played Amir and steed who uh was 93 points just not that although this guy does have an 1817 defend which in lord of the rings set is pretty useful um but just overall, for 93 points, you can get so much more bang for your buck out of other pieces. The other rider piece I played was uh, King Theoden and Steed, which is 96 points and even worse. 
It has a cool attack ability. It's Quake, and when they do, they choose one of the people they hit, and it deals penetrating damage to that person. But they just they bear they hit for two damage and one damage after that on a ninety six point attack piece. It just was very meh. Um, I wanted to go against your team just so a modern army could completely kill all your horses. Oh well, it did. They did. <laughs> I brought horses. I brought arrows to a gunfight, and I got. The only team I beat was another Lord of the Rings team the whole night. I did play, uh, uh, what's his name? You didn't play Boromir, but I guess we'll get to him later. I played Aragorn from the the 001. He was very good. I like him. I like his uh, his uh, epic, uh, epic action was very useful. I played one of the Galadrim Elven Soldier, the cheap little 32 point pieces. I played two of these Rohan guys. Now, these guys were good with the mounts, the Rohan soldiers, because they can be carried in addition to anyone else being carried, so they don't count oh, towards your carry action. Sweet. And when they charge, they get plus one attack. I use them in combination with the regular Aemir, uh, who has a damage ability that him and adjacent friendlies modify their attack. Plus one will make a close combat attack, and if that character is moved, they get plus one damage. So if those little Rohan guys charge and go next to Amir, then they're going to get two, plus two attack and plus one damage. Did you run uh, that one archer dude that gives... That's the guy I was going to talk about, Halder. Halder is a mother-freaking boss. I was going to say... I, I he is he everything be... we hyped him up to be, I'm that telling makes you. makes me happy. And this was with crappy Lord of the Rings pieces. Imagine that guy with, like, in legit Silver Age. Like, there's going to be some combinations oh, with I know. him. He was really fun. Um, he... I had him, the Faramir, from the very first Lord of the Rings set. Just because I wanted somebody with enhancement... Uh, another per- piece with enhancement and good range. Zero uh, fourteen Faramir. He has eight range and running shot enhancement and stealth. Because the rest of my Halder and my other archer, neither one had running shot. So I wanted somebody with running shot, and the enhancement was kind of just icing on the cake. So the reason that Halder is so dang good is his uh, not even his his attack ability is pretty dang useful. It's damage dealt by ranged combat attacks made by friendly characters. Adjacent to Howder cannot be reduced less than one. But that's huge in Lord of the Rings because there isn't a lot of Pinsai. Like, it's very rare, and there are a lot of dampeners. And most of these characters... And there's a lot of cheap little pieces like these 32-point guys. But (laughs) the reason he's so good is his epic action. Once He also has enhancement, mind you. That's going to come into play here in a moment. Once per game, give a Howder an epic action. Choose up to one friendly per 200 points of the build total. During your turn, you may give each chosen character a power action, and they may make each make two ranged combat attacks as free actions. If Halder is a chosen character, his power action may be given as a free action. So it, that lets you choose Halder for it yeah. if you would rather him do it. Him with enhancement and Faramir having enhancement. I have these guys in the enhance ball, and that way. Even though Halder's thing is only letting you do two ranged combat attacks, it's not letting you do actions. At least the attacks are hidden hard because you got two. And they can't be reduced below one too if you had to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just (laughs) making two attacks while being buffed up by two enhancements, getting two shots off. It was just this guy is an enabler. Pinging people. 
I wanted to play at Gen Con. I really wanted to play an elf team with a bunch of archers and stuff. And, like, I was waiting for that one piece that I knew would be coming eventually that would just make that team. And Haldir is by far that piece. And I can't wait to play, like, a full elven archer team with some, like, good RCE pieces and stuff on top of it. See, I wanted to run elf theme team. Uh, the only problem is there weren't enough with the soldier keyword for me to do it. Yeah. I, re- I initially was doing an, an elf-only team, but I couldn't run it. Then I tried a man-only team, and I just couldn't fit it either so i went with a mix of elves and soldiers um it was a fun team i love the characters and uh you know in the end that's what's most important is that i had i did have fun with the team um but they were just those the mounted units those two in particular are just were just horrible for their points but howder and the rest of the smaller guys the rohan soldiers and uh aragorn they were all really good Saturday, I did not get to go to the dugout because I was in Kentucky visiting family. So I had Phil run the dugout for me, and I had you guys playing Forever Evil, which was any. I don't think I I didn't limit it to universe, right? It was just no, any villains, just villains, any main villain or um, like goon, <coughs> henchman, <coughs> and uh, I kind of put the the stipulation out there like don't play Superman and be like, oh well, you remember that one time where uh, he was. Uh, mesmerized by Pandora's box and he killed Dr. Light yeah Superman's a villain so no none of that shit they have to be a legit classic villain or henchman um, so since I wasn't there how did it go <laughs> uh, well the middle wall in the dugout's now torn down yeah I saw pictures of that it looks yeah, cool Phil did it he's a terrible judge and he caused it all to be torn <laughs> no. I can't um, leave him alone for two seconds no, uh, it was it was a fun event. I went with uh, the Hammer Thor Ultron and my Ultron drones and uh, Gamma Bomb, of course, because you know it's not a party without the Gamma Bomb. I just wish you were there to enjoy it with me. You know, I'm glad I missed it. Now I get the Gamma Bomb, especially an Ultron drone. Um, yeah, that team was fun though. Um, it's not as good at that low of a point value because I think what was it, four hundred or five hundred? At four hundred, it's not as good. Um, it was. I like that team because the free action movements allow me to play a little slower. So I kind of move the drones wherever I need them, and I move up Ultron, then I'll just clear him, and I'll just take my time and make sure he's empty when my opponent moves up on me. And then that Ultron's got 12 range, and he just starts throwing stuff down range. Um, great, great piece. I mean, like, he drops kind of quick, and his mid-dial's weird. but Because he drops into, like, Mastermind, Psyblast, and uh, Special Mind Control for Armor. Um, or robot, um, but he he's a fun piece and I really like him. Top dial in his second click, particularly he's a boss. Um, he's a little expensive overall, but I and then the free actions for the drones is just ridiculous because they get to move their movement minus two. He does have a little twelve range there, yeah, which is pretty good, especially With a four damage twelve attack top dial. Yeah, and he gets out wit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he's got what three clicks of regen at the end. Um, he's a fun piece. Um, Sculpt is by far probably my favorite Sculpt in Hero Clicks. It's just awesome. Um, so, my first few games, it, I pretty much ran it the same way I, I just described, right? I moved slowly, I made my opponent kind of move up on me. Um, me and Ricky played a fun game, though, because Ricky's playing the Dark Elves from, uh, the Thor 2 set. And uh, they all have sidestep, pretty much, like, all of them. So he's running all these Dark Elves, and he has Curse. And Curse can choose an enemy and full charge and hit him. So, 
first chooses Ultron, and me and Ricky do this little dance where Ricky sidesteps in circles, and I kind of just shift my movements around here and there. And then finally, like, I was, like, scared, and I moved in on him. Um, it was a fun match. Um, it came down to time. Like, it was about 100 points off of, yeah, either way, but he ended up taking it. Um, I went against Scott. Uh, Scott was running the rogues, but he was running the old rogues figures that have the worst sculpts I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, that we- that weather wizard, son. Is, They're is, pretty bad dogs, That, that weather biz- wizard is just bad. Um, but it, it was a cool team. Please like, tell me he at least played Zoom. He did not. What? He played a Weather Wizard, a Heat Wave, and a, a Captain Cold, of course, Beer Master. Um, some dude in a trench coat that I didn't recognize at first glance. But in a trench coat? Yeah. Was it? It was a boomerang. Oh yeah, it was Captain Boomerang. Um, and then uh, the Weather Wizard, though, that sculpt is just so bad. Go go find him real quick so you can laugh at him too. Uh, let's see. Uh, hyper time. Well, it's probably going to be bad. He's, like, standing on top of, like, a little mini tornado, but it doesn't look like a tornado. It looks like some... It looks like a kindergarten bowl made by a kid out of Play-Doh, and it's just painted really It looks like bad. a crappy... Uh, you know you'd make clay pots in, yeah, like, pottery class? <laughs> exactly. And your mom, you bring them home, you're like, Mom, I made you this, um... Amorphic- ashtray. <laughs> ashtray, yeah. That's what it is. Oh, man. But, uh, he, uh... He felt the gamma bomb, and with a whole team like that where most of them didn't have dampeners, it wasn't pretty. You know why I love Scott? Because he's not afraid to run pieces like this. He's not afraid to bring the heat wave out. He doesn't give a damn if he wins or loses, and that's why I like Scott. Yep. Um, It was a fun team. Um, It was definitely pieces I've never seen before, so it was fun to see those. Um... Overall, it was, it was fun. I like the build. Um, we usually don't play 400. We usually, typically 500 is about what we play on average, I'd say. I try to make it, when I plan out my calendar, I try to make uh, where we don't do the same point value twice. We do 400 once a month. We usually do 500 once a month, and then we do 300 once a month, and then after that, it depends. For I guess it was bit. just because I was running that high point ultra, and it felt like it was more constrictive. Yeah, he's almost two. half your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, 400 is my favorite point value personally. Um, I'm a 500 guy. And I think most people probably realize that who play at my events because I do 400 a lot and we do 400 a lot at Game Preserve. I like it because 300, um, we're talking about for casual events, we're not talking about for super, you know, of course if we're trying to play hyper competitive, we're going to play 300, but for the average event, I like 400 because 300 events, uh, Games are over so fast, just right. like lightning fast. Yep. And they don't take up the full 45, 50 minutes. 400 does, and is almost always, depending, unless you have slow players involved, the, the match is always going to go the full, like, 40 minutes, but it will end. Yeah. And with time, let you know, with time to spare. And also, it just lets you put more pieces on your team and try out more pieces and, and stuff. So that's why we usually run 400. But anywho... Well, I'm glad it uh, glad it was fun. Who won and what were they playing? Uh, I don't actually remember. I'm probably not the person to ask because I never remember this stuff. I, there was no no. no. Of, there was no. Hey, Austin, why don't you? Uh, Drew was pretty easy to bump off. Uh, so you better watch it back. Uh, I could uh, I drag out the old Necromicon and bring Drew back. Nope, no, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> we staying dead. I like his chair too much. We can replace. <laughs> Uh, I'm tired of that damn wooden chair, Hunter. (laughs) Let's move into some news. Um, 
We got all of the Avengers versus X-Men dials this week. Uh, they gave us an official spoiler for Scarlet Witch. We'll do her first. She uh, pretty high point options for Scarlet Witches that I'm we've seen lately. I'm very happy with her. 150 and 100 point options. She has Avengers and Mystics TA, and she has a trait of no more mutants. Once per game, give her a double power action and choose a TA. Any other character that can use that TA must roll a D6 that cannot be re-rolled. If the result is 1 through 5, that character can't use the chosen team ability for the rest of the game. That's one of the most flavorful powers I've ever seen. I'm so... Specifically because of the whole uh, taking... She's going to be facing off against X-Men. So she's literally just taking their mutant. You know, it's kind of like her neutering X-Men because she's on the Avengers team base. Everybody she's going to go up against has the X-Men team ability, so she just neuters it. I, I get everyone on the forums, and I've picked it up, start calling it No More Mystics, because that's what we're using it for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. You can name, um, but the thing is, people brought up, you could name ATAs. You could be like, No More Heroes for Hire. You could be No More New Mutants. Be like, screw you, I don't care what you're running. No, that's nice. So, with that considered, let's look at her... 100 point option and see if we think it would be possibly meta worthy it would start at a uh, 9 phasing 10 precision strike a special defense power of energy shield when she's hit with an attack the roll is ignored and the attacker must roll again this new roll can't be re-rolled or ignored that's interesting so you can prob them until they finally hit you and then you could do that version where it can't be rerolled that that's, time. That's interesting because her damage power is also a special one of perplex, prob, and support. Which, that as a damage power is kind of ridiculous. Um, I like her at 100 points. I mean, like, I, I literally see myself playing this figure quite a bit in the future. I mean, Avengers keyword is always a shoe-in for good keywords. Mystical keyword's an amazing generic. We've been over that before. Mystics TA, Avengers TA, 8 range. That's an 8 range prop perp, which is 2 above normal. Yeah, I don't... I, I guess don't, we'll see if she's meta-worthy or not. It's she certainly, she certainly is not so bad that you would discount her automatically. I don't know if I see her... Yeah, I don't know if I see her at 300. 300 well, meta, I'm thinking we're talking yeah, 300. At 300 straight meta teams, maybe. It would depend on what the rest of the team is running around... Um, and how prevalent team abilities and ATAs are. Um, if Trinity of Sin is still a problem, which some people report Trinity of Sin is still a monster with the post changes, um, I could see her potentially because then she shuts down their mystics, and then you have a team revolved around beating them, and then they have to deal with her mystics. Um, but overall, I, I mean, at 100 points, I definitely see her in larger games outside of the meta. The potential's certainly there. Um, 150 even, she's awesome. At 150, she picks up two extra clicks. She gets stealth and psychic blast with the same defense power. And three and damage. Three damage with prop control. The rest of the dials, we're just going to go over the ones that haven't been spoiled yet. That would be Thor, a 200 or 100 point option, 8 range double bolts, Running shot and uh, energy explosion with a 12 attack and a 5 damage, so pretty damn hard oh, hitting. Dang. A, a trait of super strength when he targets and hits more than one opposing character with an attack, targets of the attack are dealt penetrating. So that's going to beef up that energy explosion. Uh, now notice it says t it says targets. I wonder. 
Well, some of these aren't direct, don't look like they're direct wording, because there's one or two others down there that look really unofficial. Okay. So I'm like, trying to figure out how that would work with energy explosion. Um, as far as would the splash damage deal penetrating with that? Well, no, it's I would imagine it's just if you target two people to shoot them, the targets, which are the two. But I guess because everyone in the AOE is targeted by the AOE or whatever. That's what that I'm. Weird. Yeah, that'll be one we'll have to look. We'll have to look into and talk about later. Which, since it's going to be for AVX, that'll be brought up, you know, multiple times. Uh, Wolverine who I've been looking forward to, 175, 125, or 75 point options. So This is the most vanilla Wolverine I can He has no special powers and no traits. He has improved movement, ignores hindering. He has, for 175, you get 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 clicks with a starting of impervious. I don't know if I've ever seen Wolverine with impervious before. But he has no movement attack. He just has a 10 stealth 11 blades, 17 imperv, and a 3 exploit. He's got blades his entire dial. Yeah, blades entire dial. He has stealth. He has mix-ups of uh, stealth charge and flurry, and then mix-ups of pretty much alternating exploit and battle fury. And then stealth I, region. I'm trying to see what I think is better option art. Um, I like his 125. I was going to say 125 is not bad. 75 is not bad either. Charge uh, Blades exploit. Well, we've talked before how I feel about Blades at seven, at 75 or lower. I mean, this is a this is a quintessential 75-point Blade exploit piece. 10 attack, uh, a, a damage value you want to roll with Blades, with exploit. I mean, like, heck, if we weren't running Highlander, I would consider running multiples of these guys if I was really going for it. I'm a little underwhelmed by it, though, overall. I wish he, if he had this dial with some kind of, even not super good, just some kind of healing, special healing thing, I'd like, consider it. Because at 75, five clicks with just toughness isn't going to last you that long. True. Um, he's got good keywords, though, too. Yeah. Avengers, martial artist, soldier, X-Force, and X-Men. X-Men and Avengers. Another one that we haven't seen yet is Emma Frost. She has 125 or 100 point options. She has a trade of... Her powers can't be countered. When a friendly character with the X-Men keyword is more than four squares away, she can use Sidestep. She has a special attack power of Outwit with a range of seven. And she also has Mind Control while she has that. And Super Senses and Enhancement. That's how her 125 point... Uh, so her 125 point dial starts off very different than her 100 point. 125 points is range... Outwit and mind control with enhancement, so she can sit back and help support your range pieces. Now, at 100 points, she actually starts with charge and a special defense power of diamond form. She can use exploit, impervious, and shape change, and she also has outwit with that. I, I like that too. That, that, that de- I like both of them. I mean, like, I do too. No willpower, though, we should know. I don't know how much I'd want to pay 125 for an outwit mind control with 10 attack. Plus enhance, but if I'm gonna go for the enhancement, I'd probably go with like multiples of a cheaper figure. Um, however, I love her 100 point dial. Like that's a great dial. Um, the other thing that is cool though, is she has the X Men TA, so you could start her at top dial and use her to heal other people. And if she takes the damage, oh no, and then she drops onto the bottom. Yeah, she's not. She's not bad. Good. I'm. St- she's not superb though. Yeah, uh, I like her damage, see. her defense power though. The imperv and shape change at the same time is a bit of a force. I think the only other one we haven't seen yet is Magic, who also has Mystics along with the X Men TA. 
uh, five range, two bolts, 125 point option, and a 75 point option. She has a trait, give her a power action, and choose an adjacent character. Place magic in any square within range, so a five. Place the chosen character in an adjacent square and roll a d6. On a one to four, the chosen character can't be given a non-free action until your next turn. So she is Shatterstar Light, although she has pros and cons compared to Shatterstar. Yeah. Now that Shatterstar's getting changed. So with hers, she can only go within five squares. Uh, Shatterstar can, can go- be more. Right. Yeah, so it's within range. So if you had things that buff range like Shield TA or Perplex or something like that, then you would get to go farther. But at base value, you've got a five range teleport while placing someone with you. Um compared to Shatterstar's go wherever. However, she Shatterstar now cannot, the characters he carries, cannot be given a non-free action. She has a 66% chance of giving them a non-free action. No, which is a good way to balance it out. 66% can't be given one. Oh, so sorry. So 33% chance of, of giving a free... Nonetheless, you're still getting to carry somebody. Yeah. And so. I mean, like this is a shotgun kind of ability where you lure an opponent. This is a trap. You lure an opponent in... They don't really think of what you can do with that magic. And either you TK her over next to somebody and shotgun her forward and maybe slap them with a good figure, or you just set it up. There's no point restriction. There's no keyword restriction. Um, it's a fun ability. And is it once per game, or is it... No, just power action and... Yeah, I mean, like, you do. Can Yeah, that's another thing. Shatterstar can only do his once per game. And then uh, her dial-wise, I mean, pulse wave, TK, stuff like that all the way down. Yeah, she has a special movement power that she deals penetrating damage to characters with a mystical keyword. That's useful because a lot of the meta has mystical keyword. She has a pulse wave and prop control and energy shield. Looks a lot like uh, her Wolverine the X-Men dial. Uh, Not the chase, but the regular one. She, you know, at the 75 point option, she'll have that trait. She'll also have TK, so that's two different ways of getting people I like 75 point TK figures. I like both. The, I like both point options. I do too. Um, it's cool that we have. You know, before Wolverine and the X Men came out, we were talking about pieces that we wanted to see in it, and I was saying magic, like there was no magic, and now we have two, three. Of, oh, three count in the Phoenix Five. One, yeah, because right? we got the Chase and then the team based one, and they're all pretty good too. And see, this one kind of reminds me of the New Mutants one a little bit. Like it. It's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The dial is very similar to the. Besides the cool little teleport thing, it's. I like it. I mean, like, honestly, overall, these AVX pieces have really been, like, surprising. I mean, overall, like, all of them are pretty powerful pieces. They're not, like, uh, none of them have really stuck out as, like, ridiculous. Um, Scarlet Witch is the only one I think I can see meta-wise, potentially. Um, but overall, they've, they're, I'm get, I feel like if I buy both starters, I'm going to get my money's worth. There was an announcement on the NECA website that they and 343's Industries, who is uh, the team that now is in control of Halo, <clears throat> have, a, have a partnership for a new line of Halo fran- uh, merchandise. And in the this long article, they specifically mention Heroclix. So that leads us to believe that we may see some more Heroclix, uh, Halo Heroclix in the f- near future. Hey, Hunter. Woo! I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, I mean... I don't know that I'm excited. I would, you know what I mean. I don't know that I'm excited. I am because I just got all my Halo pieces played and finally got got to use them all in tournaments. And I thought I was done and could cross that off my list. And now I'm gonna have more to try. But 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do that's different than what they did, because they did a good job with the Halo set. I think... Yeah. I, I tell you what I do want to see if they're going to... Well, they're going to do Forerunners. I think that's a given. Because this will probably be based around Halo 4 Plus. I Here's what I want out of this. The only things that were missing... One of being Warthogs, because vehicles didn't exist. Yeah. We definitely need Warthog. My number one is Hunters. We need some Hunters. Yeah, there hasn't been a Hunter. We need a giant size, like a... Um, like, uh, kaiju Hunter. Or even like a 2x2. Two two by by two. Two, yeah. Um, I want to see, I want to see, like, some of the morph mechanic applied to Master Chief. Like, with the Punisher that swaps weapons. Kind of Have like. a specific Master Chief that can swap his guns out as he's... Yeah, I can dig it. But just for him and, like, the normal Spartans, whatever, kind of locked in their weapons. Um, but the thing is now with Halo 4, like, there's tons of Spartans now. So, I mean, like, they could do a lot of different generic Spartans. Um, and they make sense. Whereas originally it was kind of like, oh, well, Master Chief was supposed to be the only Spartan back then, but they still clicks for him anyway. Uh, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! spoiler, which we haven't had got anything for it's for a while a disappointing now. disappointing spoiler I've ever seen in my it's life. It's blue eyes from the main set. It looks like a Chase or a Super Rare because it's 053 and it's a dark it's brown. It's bronze. Chase. So it's uh, 200 points, 9 range. Uh, it is 9 clicks long for 200 points. It has running shot and a special attack ability of Psychic Blast and Pulse Wave. When it uses either one, hit characters are given an action token, and any that can't be given an action token are dealt one penetrating damage after, like, uh, after action resolved. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. So a running shot, even if you pulse waved, you're hitting a five square AOE on pulse wave is pretty good, especially when you're giving everybody hit action tokens. So or one penetrating damage on top of the pulse. So wave it's damage. a it's a um. Yeah, you're not just giving tokens. You're dealing that you're you still get to deal your psychic blast or your pulse wave, and then the and extra then damage the extra if they action have to. Token. So I like it. I yeah. do too. I'm just upset it's a chase. I feel like I was really hoping the I chase is. I don't like that it has leadership. This is the second blue eyes white dragon they're showing with leadership. I think the reason they did that was kind of like blue eyes is like the flagship of Seto Kaiba's stuff, and it does have the Seto Kaiba keyword. I don't give a crap. I know you don't. Leadership. Really? See, what I'm upset about is they should have made this guy a super rare or something and toned him down a little, then done, like, the triple blue eyes as a chase, and you could fuse them all together into him. Um, nothing special other than that, although he does pick up three clicks of hypersonic mid-dial, which we've talked about is is usually pretty useful. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when he starts off range. So he'll be able to stay at range and do his thing. Uh, even if you wanted to stay at range and psychic blast people from nine squares, range with and then give them tokens and slow them down, then when they finally do get up on you and hit you, then you're going to go on hypersonic and get away. Yeah. So, and then he goes to uh, three clicks of pulse wave and high uh, high values on the last three clicks. Uh, nine attack, three damage. Ten attack, four damage, and eleven attack, five damage as he goes out on click seven, eight, nine. So. Yep. Not too bad. Not as bad as I first thought. Just a boring chase. Too. I am so excited, Austin. I know you are. About these new Riddlers. So, we had just got done talking about this, too. Yeah, we had just talked about how good Edward Nigma from It's too Arkham bad Drew's City dead. Was. He'd be celebrating over this. He'd be shaking in his chair like, oh my gosh, Hunter. So they've announced that the Riddler and Edward Nigma will be the rare prime slot in the... Uh, uh, Slosh, the Superman and Legion of Superheroes set. Slosh is such a funny acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Both of these dials 
are yeah, just awesome. they're just boner jams, <laughs> as Phil would put it. They're boner inducing and value, as Drew would put it. <laughs> the the non prime version is the Riddler. He's only fifty five points. He only has five clicks, but he makes good use of them. Um, most of his dial consists of stealth, smoke cloud, and super senses, which isn't super exciting. Uh, the reason that he's that he makes him even better is his trait of perplex, and he can use perplex regardless of range and line of fire, but only to target opposing characters. So he can perplex from anywhere on the map. Now, see, Hunter. Usually, when someone has a crazy trait like that, they're the prime version. This is the normal version we're talking about here, buddy. You know what? Well, well, let's talk about the Prime version first, and then we'll talk about it. So, yeah, the regular Riddler, only 55 points. He is has, Silver Ring. That's worth noting. Right. He has uh, the Perplex trait, and then he has Smoke Cloud, so he can affect the, the battlefield. And then he has Shape Change and Super Senses top down, so it's going to be hard to hit him. Stealth, Shape Change, Super Senses. He's going to be hard to hit. Shape Change is the one thing you don't want to deal with in melee combat, because it... At ranged, okay, I can retarget someone else. It's not a huge deal sometimes. In melee, though, usually that shape change, if he hits it, locks you down. The wasted action. Yeah. And with super senses and shape change, that's 33%, 33%. I should note that that version, the 55-point version, has Batman enemy TA in a 10 attack starting out. So that's also useful. Now... Edward Nigma, the prime version, is 69 points. Uh, he is a calculator. It's a wild card, and he has a special trait. He ignores hindering terrain when drawing lines of fire to characters who did not move during their last turn. So if that's you're going to camp of, that stealth character. Yeah, it's kind of obscured. That's not really what makes him so good. What makes him so good is his uh, movement power, mind control, and shape change. When he uses mind control... After actions resolve, hit characters are given up to two action tokens that don't deal pushing damage. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, you just keep mind controlling, like, some big character. He has willpower, six range on that mind control. And he's got prob on his top dial, too. So, like, you mind control, like, a Superboy Prime, you go run and smack one of their own characters, and, and run and give him two action and tokens. And you give him two action tokens. And then you clear, let him clear, and you do it all over again. Exactly. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on this I guy. I can't wait to get completely pounded by this guy repeatedly, because that's he, what's going to happen. He also has barrier, which is always useful, and uh, that wild card ability with the 10 attack, so... His, his special attack power gets down dials, nothing amazing, but it's kind of cool, too. Uh, he gets, I know your secret, Mr. Wayne. Opposing characters within line of fire can't use shape change... Alter ego, morph, or morph powers or abilities, which is just flavorful. Yeah, and then it's also, I can't think of like any instances right now offhand that that would be ridiculous, but um, I think it, it's nice to have, like, against a scroll team, I'd almost let him get busted for four and then run him around. I can't wait to play this guy. And, you know, I think he's meta potential. I think he's, I, I, I think both of them kind of. Even more so than than that Scarlet Witch, I think this guy has a, has a little bit of potential. With the the Endom, the mind, especially the mind control, and the problem, the barrier on top of that, providing support along with the the wild card to go along. Well, see, I like the photographic there. memory thing though because he can be like, "Oh, did you not move that Batman last turn because you had to clear him? Oh, well, I'm going to mind control him, run him out of there, and let all my pieces pick him off this turn." That's a good point as well. And he'll get two more tokens. <laughs> From Invincible Iron Man, we have uh, another set of uh, non-prime and prime. Now, this will be the super, super rare. rare prime. So, Hyperion is the super rare uh, 
uh, Prime and Unprime. King Hyperion. Another ruler. Now we're getting so many rulers. Both of these guys have awesome powers. I love them both. The this, this one kills hookers. You know, if this guy was a little cheaper, he would definitely be meta potential. Honestly, um, the reason being, King Hyperion is two hundred and sixty-six points of man <laughs> of beef. He's a slab of beef. He's wearing a giant nuclear codpiece, ladies. He has a eight range double bolts. He has 10 clicks. He has hypersonic 12 attack with super strength and a 5 damage. So he's basically Superman, except I, I guess that's kind of the average he's a nuclear Superman. Superman. Um, the cool thing about this guy is once you get off of his top click, he gets a special damage power of genocidal rage. Give him a power action and make a close arranged combat attack, targeting a single friendly character. With the point value 15 or more. If he KOs that character with the attack after actions resolve, heal him of 1 damage, remove all action tokens from him, and modify his combat values plus 1 until your next turn, and he may immediately be given an action as a free action that may be used to activate this power again. So he can just keep... Well... He's nuts. Yeah, so if he's like four or five clicks down, you turn around to those horde token stacks, you're like, I loved you, but pop, 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 so pop. So let's talk meta potential first, and then let's talk friendly game potential. Okay? Or not friendly game, but no, regular higher no point friendly bits. game potential for this man. 266, so let's say you run one token. Okay, so theoretically you could run him and two 15-point tokens, correct? Yeah. He doesn't necessarily need a resource anyways. Here's why. A, he's got the stats to back it up. Oh, yeah. Top down. He's got uh, 12 attack, 12 hypersonic with 5 damage and fucking super strength. He hits hard enough already. He doesn't need a hammer. He doesn't need the bat belt because he doesn't need willpower. You could take a tank turret. With that team. And he doesn't... Yeah, I'm going to get into that. This this was my brainstorming with this guy. He doesn't need... He's the rare piece these days that doesn't really... With the power set that he has and with a genocidal rage, I think you're better off not running a resource with this guy. I think him, two 15-point decent fear itself uh, bystander tokens, and a tank turret is a perfect 298. Now I couldn't. I was gonna go ahead and throw a, a ATA on there, but I didn't see anything that he has T bolts. But T bolts is eight points. But he doesn't need it because in the rare case that you do pop this guy, he can just kill his own guys, heal twice. He can do that. He can heal himself twice and remove all tokens. And see, like, yeah. It, can... What you're better off doing with him is purposefully pushing him on your second attack. Oh, the, going back to the resource thing, if you're playing against a Book of Skulls team, unless they're running Split Lip and unless they get to go first, which they probably will because you're not going to have Thing Team, he can get across the map and kill them. He don't care. He has an 8 range, too. So, you so think, he's a 16 effective range. If yeah, if you wanted to hypersonic. He can get to you before you, <coughs> before you really get your hammer to, hammers down. Um, you could push him after you t- he takes his his action token and then basically keep clearing him all the time like when he or I guess you'd have to do it when he has one action token so you could cl- if you don't think you're going to get hit at the start 
then you would purposely p- push them. If you think that they're they are fast paced, they're going to be able to hit you early as well. Then I wouldn't push them at all. But still, the fact of getting rid of in the same turn, he could have an action token already. Heal one click, remove all his action tokens, and then hit you. And that's a action. It doesn't specify may immediately be given a close combat attack or a range combat attack. It's maybe given an action. It could be he a can, move action. If he you can want hypersonic to. and hit you for go back to top click hypersonic and hit you for seven damage for free, and be clear for next turn. This guy's juicy. Ready to go. This guy's juicy. I like him. I want him. I don't know, you know, exactly his potential, or exactly, you know, how viable that is, but there's potential there. You know what I, I like, too? He's one of the... I He has the reverse dial I don't like, and we've talked about this before, where he starts out, melee goes into ranged, but still, I mean... With hypersonic, pulse, though. Pulse wave da- running shot, pulse wave down dial. Yeah, and then he's got pin side mid dial. What The thing that you're talking about... You're you're absolutely right. However, this guy's a little different case. It's a little better for him because he can heal up from shooting. because he can heal from it if you didn't want it, or they hit him onto pulse wave and then he doesn't care if he's base. He pulse waves you for four, four damage. So and see, like the one thing I would run him with just for the fun of it, I'd get a bunch of those twenty point con artists just so I can have Hyperion punching hookers. So he runs up and he punches a hooker and he's empowered and healed. He punches another hooker, and then he turns around and completely shit blasts someone off the map. So that was that was my take on three hundred on the meta, the three hundred point. Now, higher point games, this guy's uh, viability just grows exponentially. Well, especially since horde tokens can respawn in four hundred or higher. Correct, and you can <laughs> run stacks and stacks of those bitches. It's gonna be, and you got the points to throw something. I on would take a turn, so it doesn't limit how many times you can use genocide rage. Just to, like, showboat, I would just punch my whole stacks down and take my whole, like, 15 minutes punching my stacks to nothing, even well, though I won't do... Oh, I, I know he healed top click by then. No, I don't think you could do it more than twice. Because then you'd be taking the same free action twice. So, basically, he can do the he can do Genocidal Rage one time, then because of the end of it, he can be given a free action that may be used to activate this power again. He can do it again. I don't think he could do it after that, because... You would be using another free action from the same sentence. Well, then I'm severely depressed. I'll have to look it up. I think Chris ruled that he could do it infinitely, but we'll have to see. Okay. I can see... Because if he could do it infinitely, oh, buddy. I can see either way. I just don't want to get people's hopes up that they... You know, I don't want to say on here that they can get do it. Get your hopes up, everybody. Ignore Hunter. <laughs> anyway. Punching hookers all day. So the Prime version is awesome as well. Oh, I love the Prime version, too. Power Cosmic. 275 points or 200 points. The one thing I was going to say on the other one I do kind of wish... I do wish he had a different starting line, too. But I think that might actually be too much, because then he would be meta. This guy has 11 clicks of life for 275. He has a 13 hypersonic, a 12 attack super strength, and his defense is one higher with a 19 impervious, 5 damage leadership. Uh, At 200 points, you're losing 4 clicks. 4 good clicks, so I think he's better for his points top dial. Um, but he does start at hypersonic precision strike, which we talked about before is a combo that I like. Now he picks up a special damage power as well, but he doesn't get it till halfway down his dial. He can use improved targeting, ignores everything. Yeah, he don't give a damn about <laughs> Hindering, that. elevated, blocking, and characters. And he destroys blocking when he draws lines of fire. As long as he targets a character with an action token. 
I like the flavor of that though because it's super hearing an X-ray, so it's like, oh, if they move or something, he they had them. to do something for yeah. him to hear. I like that. that there. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, as I said, power cosmic um, Avengers keyword, pretty good. Pretty. I mean, just as almost just as good as the other guy. I just think the other guy has more potential. Yeah, the other guy. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to say abusable. It's more uh, playable. Like there's more things you could do with him. I feel like. Uh, going along with the Invincible Iron Man news, we saw a picture of a chase. Multiple chases now, actually. Uh, I don't have them all pulled up. I, I know them all, though. Because okay. I've been following this. Well, I'll let Austin talk about the chases, but we're a little bummed. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed. Um, basically, the chases are based on when Iron Man 2 came out, they had all the current running comics do a special alternate cover for the movie, and each one did a take on Iron Man if he had been in a different age. So, like, there's Iron Engine, which is Civil War Iron Man. There's an Iron Viking. There's an Iron Knight. Um, Iron Soldier World War One, And um, those are going to be the chases for this. There's six of them. Um, there's way more covers than that, but they just chose six of them. So there's a huge pool of ones we can end up with. Right now we know for sure there's Iron Engine. Um, there's, which Iron Engine's pretty cool. He's a big, big silver monstrosity kind of steam engine looking one. Um, there's Iron Viking, which we have the full dial for and everything. It's up on HC Realms. Um, it he's kind of cool too, and then um, Iron Soldier's like the World War One one. He's got like a big tank on his back and like a flamethrower. He looks kind of cool. Um, there's a rumor floating Iron Knights confirmed now, which I figure is a given if you're gonna go through those. Um, don't know what the rest are yet. Overall, my big disappointment with them is that I I've said it before. I was really hoping that they would do a bunch of Iron Man armor sets. And give me a morph mechanic or an yeah. upgrade mechanic. That would have been nice too, especially since they did it with Spidey. Yeah, and the, I mean, like Iron Man's like the quintessential character for that. I mean, like he's got Hulkbuster, he's got Thorbuster, and those are two figures that. If you're gonna do that with anybody, Iron Man makes the most sense. Yeah, for sure. And we, the only Thorbuster that came out was Hammer of Thor. It's 135 now. It's freaking still jumping. Um, the only Hulkbuster was Web of Spider Man, I think, and it runs like 25 ish or so. Um, and they're not they're not that great. Thorbuster is kind of broken, but that's because it has a specific power that's ridiculous where it can't be hit by people who are running shot or something like that. Um I I am kind of disappointed. Honestly, it did make me scale back. I was gonna buy original well, here's how it goes with me. I saw the chases like, eh, I'm not gonna get three bricks now, I think I'm gonna get two. Then I saw the collation for the set. So we talked about it a little bit last week when we got an email. And I was being pretty pretty nice about it. And now I want to flip your desk. Um, Invincible Iron Man's collation is Super Booster collation. You get one prime or one chase per brick. Not one of each, one or the other per brick. Which normally is reserved for eight booster sets. So this is a ten booster set like Spider-Man. And they're counting, I guess, the rings as almost a super booster since it's an extra add-on thing. But basically they're collating I'll tell you what they're counting, Austin. They're counting our money in their pockets. Exactly what they're That's doing. what they're counting. All I know is when I saw the collation, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to buy any of this set now. I am not buying any of it, and I'm not. We're not going to turn this into the infamous episode one rant. We we need to do that one of these times, though. I want to go off. I'm not quite steamed enough to go I on am. a rant like that, <clears throat> buddy. I had three bricks. I was going to get three bricks. Well, you know what though? It just that shows you 
that they lose money from intelligent consumers by doing shit, by grabbing, by getting greedy, by yeah. grabbing, by and throwing off SKUs that absolutely did not need skew, you know, did not need changed by going away from the way things have always been and making it so blatantly freaking obvious that it's for no reason. It's not because yeah. you have a distribution issue. It's not for this issue or that issue. It's to make money. And it's not just that. If these were chases that they knew would be high demand chases, like let's say they went Hulkbuster, Thorbuster, maybe I would still be fine with that. But these are chases that are generic. They're cool, but they're not like... They don't have comic backgrounds or stories. They're just there. See, I don't care what they are. My beef is with... The, I don't care if this was... I can't say Teen Titans because we just had to <laughs> I don't care if it was Fantastic Four set. And they were like chases that I wanted. They were some kind of weird... It was Franklin sl- Richards on top of Galactus. Oh, I, oh my God. <laughs> I don't buy a case. For I that. don't care what it is. I would not buy it. This I'm not gonna buy product single booster or uh, five figure booster sets. I'm never gonna buy boosters if they if the correlation is like that. It's so stupid. The primes you're making a chase. You're doubling the number of primes effectively. But we've already talked about that. It, but actually worse because you got the damn super rare prime. Primes themselves are a good idea, but why do they have to take up that a chase slot? For mediocre chases on top of it, that's just salt in the wound. And then you, th- and then you take the fact that there's 19 commons and 19 uncommons. Then don't use the fucking word common and uncommon <laughs> because you're totally using it incorrectly. Yeah. No, you have 38 figures. Yeah. Um, the best thing people can do is vote with their wallets, though. I mean, that's what you're doing, and that's what I'm doing. You know, I bought Mage Knight and I bought Lord of the Rings because the distributions were better, especially on Mage Knight. You know, and the the sets were high quality. The figure, the sculpts. We're going to talk about Mage Knight next week. The sculpts oh, were high quality. Man. I love those. Sculpts. The distribution was perfect. All the commons were generics, and all the rares were the faction leaders. Yep. And you know, set when they put out sets like that, I. I spent $300 on Lord of the Rings and Mage Knight clicks, you know? Whenever they put out sets like Invincible Iron Man and like Wolverine where they're making the the collation worse and worse and worse, I'm not going to buy it. I'm sorry. And I wish, or I hope, that other people who are that, who feel the same way just can not outright buy boosters. I mean, you're better off going to the freaking secondary market and getting this shit. And it's like... Wolverine and stuff like and Teen Titans it's like okay there's super boosters maybe it's like I don't like it I can understand it a little bit there's still money grabbing however when you're going with a 10 booster set and the only gimmick is the rings which the rings are already going to sell a lot of boosters that's a given like one in four boosters is one ring you need they're, nine rings I was going to bring it up in a minute they're lucky they're doing the rings in this set or this would be a bomb of a set like for them selling wise it would not sell you know why it's going to sell, though? <clears throat> A is the rings. B is the fact that it's coming out with AVX, and they just put up the stipulation that you're supposed to do sealed when you do AVX. Yeah. So they're now, therefore, they will move this. So Before, if they do this coalition and these shitty chases, and there's not a whole lot of diehard Iron Man, damn sure not as many as there are X-Men fans. Like, X-Men... And even then, as an Iron Man fan... 
Most of this set isn't even related to Iron Man. But I know, but what I'm saying is people are not psyched about this set. They're not... The average I, guy I talk to does not give a I'm crap I'm the only person I know it. that was planning on That's buying That's what I'm rings. saying. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap about this set. If we didn't have to buy it for the rings and for the AVX, then this set would not sell well because of the distribution and because of the, the subject matter. Yeah, the distribution is just the last nail in the coffin. They're lucky me. that they had those two things going for it, or this <clears> set would sell less than half of what Wolverine sold. And Wolverine only sold because of the characters that were in it, not because of the distribution. And see, and that was kind of my other beef. I mean, I understand people like unclicks characters and whatever. It's an Iron Man set. Sure, some unclicks characters would be cool. I would like a large amount of them to be unclicks characters, but I feel like for it, probably the same deal you had with Wolverine and the X-Men to a point. For an Invincible Iron Man set, I'm getting a, one War Machine, one Iron Man, not counting the chases, really, and... I'm mostly getting a bunch of characters that either are Silver Age characters that I don't really care for, or they're side teams like Alpha Flight, something like that, once again, I don't really care for. And as an Iron Man fan, I don't really understand why some of these characters got kind of crammed in here. I almost feel like the set is a all-wrecking crew, stuff like that, all these characters that I don't know where they should go, let's just put them in the Iron Man set. Well, and that's just your... That's, that's my just you, opinion. yeah. That's just you partially as far as the characters, but I just think I hope I just want to put it out there that guys, you know, things. If you feel the same, if you're happy about this, then by all means, go out and buy. You know, I want you to get, I want you to get the the figures that you want and be happy about it. But if you, if you kind of, you know, I hate when people get mad, and this doesn't always only pertain to hero clicks. It pertains to certain games or whatever. Yeah. When people bitch about something. Like, call, prime example, Call of Duty. Yep. You hear everybody and their mom, oh, man, they keep reprinting these Call of Duties and they they're, don't ever change anything. The same guy will buy it on day one and be waiting at midnight and play it for a week and then be bored of it. Vote with your freaking wallets. Nothing is going to change if you keep giving the company your money because then they look at their figures and they're like, oh, people love when we give them less chases and worse pieces for yeah, them. Yeah, I, I think... Big time with this set. Um, if you're not happy with this collation, guys, suck it up. Don't don't buy your bricks or your case or whatever you might have bought before. But and definitely go on HC Realms and make make your voice be heard here because WizKids has been paying attention lately. They've been posting in some stuff on there. They they really need to know that th- this is not tolerable. I mean, like it's barely. I wouldn't even say it's tolerable in Super Booster sets with this kind of collation. Um, but this is a joke for a 10 booster set to have this kind of setup. Again, I'm not trying to <laughs> turn this into the we're, first episode. We're no, we're not trying to incite a riot and <laughs> I start a freaking revolution. I am. I'm just saying, you know, people need to realize nothing's going to change if you don't vote with your wallets, no matter yeah. whether it's this set, this hero clicks or whether it's other things. Um, Real quick, though, we have more Invincible Iron Man spoilers like to talk to note, about. I do like the rest of the spoilers. Go ahead and talk about this guy. So we got uh, our Ezekiel Stain, finally, Ironmonger 2.0, which is the son of Obadiah Stain. Uh, he has armor, hammer, industries, mandarins, minion, and scientists, which scientists are always good. Um, he's 135 points, 7 range, 1 bolt. Um, he has a special trait, rewire you for explosives. When a friendly character is KO'd by an opponent's attack... You may deal one penetrating damage to each opposing character adjacent to that character. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, that's pretty dang good. See, I didn't even consider what you brought up earlier with horde tokens because I was just thinking, oh, I'm gonna play it on zombies. This will be so much fun. Yeah, I think you run this guy with a stack of, of plasticity horde to- mud golems. You could run it with three point bystander tokens just to get <laughs> that the... reporter is a bomb. <laughs> oh gosh, you know I'm gonna do that for a team now. I'm gonna run a bunch of those spirit self strap C four to every <laughs> civilian that runs by you. <laughs> Um, and then he's got a special damage power, which I was talking to Hunter about. This is probably my favorite. Uh, this is a really good flavor one. Um, you're an imitator, not an innovator. If an opposing character within range and line of fire of him can use Outwit or Perplex, he can use that power until your next turn, and this power can't be countered. Which in the comics, Tony says that to him directly because he's always using either his father's inventions or Tony's inventions or someone else's. He's never come up with his own stuff. And we're going to be talking about uh, that storyline oh, of Invincible Iron Man later today. Wait. They also have dials for um, some of the other main set pieces of Miss Man. We're not going to go over each of these because we will be... Uh, this week we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Next week we're doing Mage Knight. And the week after we'll be doing Invincible Iron Man. Can I point out some favorites though? And we'll also be uh, doing our uh, sealed episodes where we talk about the, the best sealed pieces for Invincible Iron Man. Okay. Um, the, the Scarecrow right there though, he has a, he has a uh, crow token as a... Port, not a horde token, a bystander token. Mm-hmm. It has a special trait where if it hits somebody with an attack, just hits. They have to drop any relic they have in a square. Nice. Um, there's a, a rescue farther ahead, I think. And, yeah, I have and it flies and has poison, too. Yeah. Um, the scarecrow is pretty cool. Um, let's see what else is there. There's a happy Hogan that turns into freak. Um, oh, wait, go back to happy Hogan. If this is, I think he's the one that has a Stark chauffeur. Characters named Iron Man or Tony Stark modify their speed and range value by plus one when they're within, or when they are within eight squares of Happy Hogan. When he is the pilot of a vehicle, modify the vehicle's defense by one. Yeah, um, they're, they're all pretty cool. I mean, like, there's a the main set rescue is pretty cool. Um, I think actually we went over her. I think they spoiled her. Oh, controller, controller. I've been talking with a few people about. Um, he is a an 8-range mind control piece. Um, he has a special trait called Slave Discs. When an opposing character takes damage from controller's close combat attack, mark that character with a Slave Disc token. Controller modifies its combat values by plus 1 and possesses an additional bolt for each opposing character on the map with a Slave Disc. Hmm. His movement power is he can use mind control and isn't dealt unavoidable damage from it. He can use it as a free action, and when he does, he may only target opposing characters marked with a Slave Disc token. So there's some fun shenanigans we've been talking about with uh, with him. Um, he's got some cool abilities. There's there's a blizzard. There's a uh, melter. Melter. Uh, the uh, Mandarin, the Dreadnought, all guys, them. Uh, the uh, Juggernaut. Jugs. He's a uh, straight French vanilla. He's nothing but a uh, normal powers and improved movement. Which I'm kind of bummed about. Eh, we fu- don't get Juggernauts that often. I want him to... He does run through, uh, ignores characters and blocking terrain on movement, at least, but... And he's got, like, 50 keywords. Yeah, I just wish... I He he kind of has a Hulk dial. Um, it's not a bad dial. It's 115... It's an excellent sealed dial. It's 115 points. Um, starts off sidestep and super strength and toughness, but as he goes further down his dial, he gets better offensively and defensively. You know what that makes a good dial for? Some sort of revert. He goes from, uh, yeah, toughness <laughs> to uh, invul, and then from invul to impervious. 
And, and he goes from sidestep to charge to flurry, and his attack values go up too. Some sort of curse that might revert into him and drop the hammer in his square, and he gets a bonus to pick it up. There's a pepper uh, alter ego and a oh, rescue. Yeah, the, the pepper alter ego is cool because uh, if she's adjacent to an Iron Man or Tony, they don't take penetrating damage from uh, characters 150 or less, or can't be targeted by Pinsire or Mind Control. Um, go back to the extremist, Tony. He's pretty cool too. Um, he's got mind control and stealth, and he can use mind control, but can only target a single friendly character with armor or robot. Key. Oh, he can only target a character with robot or armor, and he may target friendly characters. So, like, we've been over how good friendly mind controls are, Hunter. He's no mole man. Uh, but may target friendly. Yeah, so he can target friendlies with armor or robot. Yeah, and then he himself has a solid dial, too. He's a perplex outwitter back and forth. He has a stop click. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crimson Cowl, I'm just going to mention the ones we... Oh, new Iron Man War Machine duo. I'm just going to mention the ones that we haven't talked about, because like I said, we're going to review all of these individually. Um, there's a new War Machine, 125 points. There's uh, the duo at 265. There's another new Iron Machine. Uh, Absorbing Man is a oh, no, LE. That's the, yeah, that's the LE Absorbing Man. A different uh, Chameleon Iron Man suit, LE, and... A Bethany Cabe Ellie. Oh, they did do a Bethany Cabe. I remember remember when I said that I wanted a Bethany Cabe figure and I didn't think they'd actually do one? I think we've seen the rest of these guys. Account Nefaria we haven't seen yet. They did a lot. They gave the Magi a lot of love in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we saw them. So I'll post those pictures. I'll link those to the the podcast uh, so you guys can see them. Uh, they also announced that there's going to be a Dota 2 starter set, which we kind of already knew. They showed up, showed off all the sculpts. They look great, which we we talked oh, about. Man. We saw these guys at Gen Con, and we said they all looked great, especially the Witch Doctor. Yeah, I especially can't wait for the Radiant starter set. There's um, the a, map is awesome. I was going to say, this map is pretty dang sick. It's a, uh, it's a square map. It's a 24 by 24, and all kinds of different kinds of elevation on it. You can see this on HeroClicks.com on the Mage the yeah, main if, page. If you're a Dota 2 player, like the map is perfect to the in-game map. And they spoiled the dial for the Witch Doctor. Uh, these guys are going to have epic actions. His uh, give him a ranged combat action that deals no damage and targets a single opposing character. If the attack hits, he may make an additional ranged combat attack that deal no damage against the same target until he misses. Each of these additional attacks cannot be evaded, but the but modify the target's defense value by plus one for each attack. And he only has a ten attack um, and no prop control. After actions resolved, deal damage to the target equal to Witch Doctor's damage value plus one for each additional attack that hit. If any successful attack roll was doubles during this action, that attack generates knockback. So it's a little confusing, but basically... <clears throat> He rolls. He you give him a power action. He make a range, he makes a ranged combat action that doesn't do any damage at the start. And then if he hits, he can continue to try to attack. However, you're not dealing damage each time you're hit. You're just counting how many times you hit. They can't be evaded, so the target won't get super senses. So you'll get to keep. It's a little easier to keep hitting, but they get plus one defense every time. That'd be rule of three, so they could go up to plus three. But if you could somehow get his attack high enough... That's four damage. 
you could hit pretty hard. Well, another thing to notice, uh, you're dealing damage equal to his damage value plus one for each uh, time you hit. But that's oh, also going to be rule of three, too. Yeah, I was going to say, so his max. So the hardest he can hit is four damage. So he's actually not all that great, I don't think, for 100 points. I almost wish it didn't generate knockback, too, on top of that. I feel like the fact it does is almost a... His damage ability is outwit, but may only counter defense powers. When he does, after actions resolve, roll a d6, and on a result of 4 to 6, deal the target character 1 damage. That is what makes him, in my mind, the fact that he can outwit and then have it and also have a chance of, of taking a damage. Uh, he has end cap as well, and that's it. And, but he's 100 points, though, for, all, uh, for 5 clicks Hunter. of that. You're forgetting his ridiculous defense power. Oh, sorry, I forgot to read his defense. <laughs> uh, he has a defense power, which he picks up on click two and has it all the way through his five clicks. He can use regen when he does. All adjacent friendly char- characters are healed as many clicks as Witch Doctor. Now, it's as many clicks as he's healed. As he is healed, yeah. So if you heal him back to top dial and it's two clicks up or whatever, that'll only heal two on everyone around him. Mm-hmm. That can be pretty useful, too. Um, I like the the way they're setting the Dota 2 characters up, because as we said before, Dota 2 characters have three powers and an ultimate. I kind of like how they're setting them up to be, I don't want to say not hero clicksy, but they're more so Dota characters in the hero clicks game system. Right, they're not just Dota characters and you give them, oh, he should Pins have... Out. It's not Yu-Gi-Oh style. Right, it's not, he should have in-cap toughness and this and this. They give them representative powers. Which is cool, and I'm sure we're going to get some broken-ass ones. That is it. That was a whole lot of news um, for you guys. uh, Arkham Origins and uh, Desolation of Smog came out this past week. I haven't seen anything on Desolation of Smog. Well, you saw the little... um, I won one of the fellowships... Or no, uh, TJ gave them to me. That um, Bilbo from the Desolation of Smog, 001. I showed you his feet and the immense detail. They they painted the hair on his feet. But the paint is just a little block, a little rectangle of brown. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about the fact you were showing me Bilbo. I was like... Yeah, he's from Desolation of Smog. I was thinking that was Frodo from the Two Towers set. The Arkham Origins set we talked about last week, the sculpts look pretty good. Oh, I really like them. Uh, these, there were a few people that were playing them at our Soldier event, there because a, some of them have Soldier. There were a lot of people uh, Saturday playing them. Um... About half the teams there were Arkham Origins teams. So moving into just the tip, uh, this is a basic one, but I had a couple emails asking for a basic, you know, starter beginner tip. So thought this would be a good one. Um, I'm referring to when you're building your team. Basically, once you already have built your team and you got your map, you're ready to rock. You, uh, look at your team. And plan out your first three turns. And what I mean by that is plan out who can carry who, how far, on turn one, and then on turn two, who's going to carry who. And you're going to have to take into account flight, TK, and especially willpower. Um, You're also going to have to take into account if you have uh, resources or not that require activation, uh, particularly Book of the Skull. So you got to figure out Okay, on turn one, um, well, this character has TK, so I could potentially TK uh, my Hulk out with my Jean Grey and then drop a hammer on Hulk turn one if I needed to. Um, You can kind of make little scenarios in your head, but take the time to look at your team and write, jot down notes 
of planes of attack. Turn one. Um, Legion carries Cyclops. Turn one. And um, Gene TK's. Uh, let's say Rogue turn one and Rogue picks up Hammer go ahead and have that idea that plan of attack in your head and then turn two whoever has willpower carries the next guy up like basically what I'm saying is take take the five minutes not not right before the game starts we're talking a couple days or a day before and plan out your first two or three moves and I would definitely say this is one of those tips that's really helped me as a player particularly because it's something I started doing recently. Um, knowing what you're going to do your first few turns or the variations of what you can do the first few turns actually, um, it, it's so much easier than being taken by surprise. Like I've sat down with teams that like either I've had you build for me or like I've thrown together at the last minute and I'm like, oh, what can I do? And I'm sitting there and I'm taking forever on my first turn. Or my opponent will go first and do something, I'm like, well, I didn't plan for this. Oh, I forgot to mention, along with uh, seeing who could carry, who has willpower, and who has TK, uh, leadership as well. Oh, yeah. Think of, okay, this is my... Basically, here's what I usually do. I make two plans of attack. I make my basic one of, this is probably what's going to happen. And then my second one would be, if, um, if this guy hits leadership, then how does that change? Or if my opponent has a hypersonic 300-point piece that's going to come uh, right flying at me, <laughs> then how does that change what I'm going to do? Um, maybe instead of moving everybody up, clearing, and then dropping hammers, I would go ahead and TK somebody out, drop a hammer, be ready first. You and know I, I, mean? I will note the big thing about this to take into account, too, is never assume you're going to get map roll. I mean, like I've fallen for this so many times. I've built teams... And in my mind, all my plans revolve around me playing on this one map. Um, there's been times I've had freaking plus 11 to map roll and lost the map roll to someone with like plus freaking 4 or whatever. Like, you just get unlucky sometimes. And you don't want it to throw you off your game that bad. Um, while it's good to take into account maps, also take into account what other maps you might run into. Like, think of it like in a general terrain system as opposed to... Specific maps, yeah. But if you get your specific, go hog wild. We're going to be talking about the two tower set today. Now, we're not going to go into immense detail on each figure, but I'm going to kind of go over... I'll briefly go over all of them. Now, we've went over the spoilers for these. Yep. Not all of them, but most of them. So that's going to speed us up a little bit. So if we went over spoilers for these guys, I'm not going to go into detail about them. The other ones, I will go into detail about. I haven't seen a lot of these. so I'm Aragorn is the common 001. I used him this past week. We talked about him. The reason he's a good figure is because of his attack power and his uh, epic action. His attack power is leadership, and adjacent friendly characters can use willpower. There's no stipulation on that. No less than so many points... No share a keyword, just adjacent friendly... Excuse me. Adjacent friendly characters can this use willpower. Aragorn can also use perplex, but only to modify the attack values of adjacent friendlies. So he works very well with other characters. He also has a epic action that works well with other characters. You give him an epic action, choose up to one adjacent friendly per 200 points of the game, place Aragorn adjacent to any friendly within 10 squares... Then place the chosen friendly characters adjacent to Aragorn. Now, I used this in our games to good effect. Uh, our games this past week. 
what I would do is move out my archer guys kind of as bait mm-hmm. to see if the opponent would run up on them. If the opponent ran up on the archer guys, then Aragorn and my two melee guys, or my, my horse and my other melee guy, would all of a sudden teleport over when they started coming after them. Yep. So I would choose Howder. I would teleport over to him because 10 squares is a long distance, especially yeah. at the start of the match. And I would teleport over to him, and now all my guys are ready to pop you in the face when you thought you were going to get in free. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of other ways you can use it as well. He's a good piece for 84 points. Offensively, he he doesn't get uh, super damage dealing until later in the dial. At the beginning, he has that attack power, and he's mainly helping your other guys. But on clicks three through six, he has, or for three clicks, he gets blades, and he has outwit for three clicks as well. So that'll help him cut through some defenses. Now, the second one we've talked about, I'm not going to go over detailed, but... He's a 32-point RC. These guys <laughs> might be the best pieces for their points in the set, uh, especially if you're playing them along with Howder. This uh, Galadrim Elven Soldier, 32 points, number 002. The reason being that they're only 32 points with a 6 range RCE with a 9 attack and a range combat expert and a defense of energy shield and when they're targeted with close combat adjacent to a friendly character with the shared keyword Elf or Soldier. He gets plus 1 defense. Alone, this guy is worth 32 points. Yeah. With Howder, these guys are bonkers. They're ridiculous. Because Howder has a 17 defend. So now you put this 32-point piece at a 19 energy shield, getting enhancement from Howder, and having the uh, damage can't be reduced below 1 on top of that. That's retarded. So you could RCE every turn, get your 1 through with an 11 attack, with a 32-point piece. They are very, very good. It kind of makes me sad they didn't do uh, TAs to a point in this, because I was really hoping like shield would go to the elves and... Rohan would get, like, Criminal Underworld, kind of, where they carry two people and stuff like that. Yeah, the TAs would be cool on, on Lord of the Rings. Clicks. Sauron and all Sauron-related Saurons get Mystics. Hunter Orca 003, we have not talked about these guys. It's a it's not a horrible dial. It's only 35 points, 5 clicks long. It has an attack power of when it attacks an opposing character marked with one or more action tokens, he gets plus 1 attack. He's pretty mad. I kind of uh, wish his tra- I wish his ability was for each action token. Then he'd be tolerable. I don't care much for this guy. Um, he does. He starts with leap climb and range combat expert. He has flurry. Yet he has enhancement. I just don't like the dial all that much. Yeah, that's a really weird dial. Grimma Worm Tongue is zero zero four. He has an epic action. You choose up to one opposing per one hundred points. Until the beginning of your next turn, chosen characters can't be healed. Hmm. There's some play there, but it's kind of going to be specific. There may be some specific side events where you could use them. That freaking Mary Pippin can go suck one. <laughs> There's going to be some specific events you know, at your venue where maybe you'll be like, oh, for this one, you know, no healing is going to be useful. So you could keep him in mind for that epic action. Uh, his movement power is mind control. Gives him plus two attack. He has not dealt unavoidable damage, and after action resolve, deal the hit targets one penetrate. Now you look at that, you're like, yeah, that's pretty dang good. However, he doesn't have range, so he, he has to do to... that from melee. Oh, he does. There is no default mind control range. Um, 
Well, let me double check while we're reading the rest of his dial. I can't remember if it has a minimum four or not. I can double check. Um, he has a special damage power as well. When an opposing figure rolls for leadership, subtract one from its result, minimum of one. On a result of one, that player removes an action token from their action total this turn, <laughs> if not already removed by this effect. Yeah, it's minimum range four. So so he has a four range or a close combat mic. Four is still kind of mad, but... Yeah. He's not bad for 65. He's though. not awful, but I... Still, nothing to mention. Control is, eh. We talked about this guy. I like this guy for 40 points. It's the Urukai. He starts with charge, willpower, and exploit, which is a dang good top dial for a 40-point piece. He has a 9 attack and uh, 2 damage. I like what he goes on to on his second and third clicks, though. Then he gets plasticity and exploit and willpower. And gets one more damage out of it. And then on his... Fourth and fifth clicks, he gets flurry, but down to an eight attack. For a forty, 40 point minion with three exploit plasticity willpower. I like him for forty points. Oh hell yeah! Smeagol and Gollum, we've talked about before. Um, Smeagol is a pretty good piece, but only on um, ring bearer teams. Uh, ring bearer teams because of his special trait and his special uh, epic action. Gollum is a little bit more useful if you want to throw him on random. Um, teams because of his uh, or sorry I said it backwards or yeah he's good against uh, ring bears and fellowship because he has poison and he deals them two instead of one which in this set where there's not that many dampeners or there's only toughness he also has an epic action that can provide the rest of your team with stealth and this is the these are the guys who can morph back and forth into each other throughout the game so you have some options Smeagol starts with perplex too that's a move or close combat action that does that uh, same as a uh, Beast Boys. Ithlin Ranger is not bad for 35 points. He has top dial stealth and uh, 5 range double bolt with a special attack power. When he successfully hits multiple targets with a ranged combat attack and he chooses to deal 0 damage to a target, he may place an action token on the target instead. So you pop one for two, the other one gets an action token. That's right. not bad. He's only My only beef with him is he's only 5 clicks and he has no defensive power. So he gets smoked. Uh, the I actually played against these guys this past um, when we did our soldier event. Uh, Randy was running a couple of them, and the stealth was annoying for my team. But once I hit them, they went down quick. Yeah. Rohan soldier, I talked about. I this guy is probably the best in my opinion melee um, generic out of this set. Only thirty two points with charge. 9 attack and 2 damage, but his special movement ability is going to buff that. Um, when he uses charge, when he uh, modify his attack value, plus 1. There were times, there was one specific instance that came up. I had Amir beside this Rohan soldier. It was against uh, Scott. And he had, uh, what's his name that we were talking about earlier that Scott was running? Uh, the Liber- uh, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, I hit him and he turns into a giant and he was on a lower elevation. So I had the Rohan soldier in Amir and I would use charge, move over one square, move right back and punch him again and get all the trigger effects because this guy's pretty good. Uh, his trait of being able to carry without count, uh, you know, he can be carried in addition to other characters being carried. That's pretty useful too for 33 points. Because that turns anyone into a green lantern. Personally, I think this guy is the better of the melee generics but we got some more of those guys to talk about easterlings aren't bad 
They're only 30 I points. I know they made Easterling figures. 30 points with trait of when they're adjacent to a friendly character with the shared keyword, man, soldier, forces of Sauron. Modify her attack value by plus one. When she's adjacent to at least two friendly characters with a single shared keyword and attacks, any roll of doubles that hits is a crit hit. And that's pretty big for someone with only an eight attack because that, that mm-hmm. ups your chance to hit. And a 30 point uh, figure too. Uh, defense power of reflexes, and when she's a target of a ranged combat attack, she gets toughness. So not bad for 30 points. Yeah. Four clicks of flurry as well on the end dial. Doesn't hit very hard, but not a bad dial. This guy I like a lot too. We we spoiled him before. He's the Urukai Berserker version. He has He's 60 points, but he has seven clicks. And top dial, he gets charge, quake, energy, or uh, combat reflexes. And he has a trait that any successful attack roll made by him is that's doubles as a crit hit. So that in conjunction with Quake is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. A, a three damage Quake is pretty useful. And when you hit him, he goes on to Plasticity Exploit. And then he, his last three clicks, he has Close Combat Expert. So he's I one like of those him. few characters where I would consider doing a Quake if there were two characters. Like, most of the time if you think about it, like, okay, I have three printed damage. And there's two enemy characters, one probably has toughness or whatever. I might not want to quake because that's going to deal three damage either way, two and one. If I have a high chance to crit like that all of a sudden, I'm talking three and two, I might take that risk. And it's nice to have more options to use quake. Legolas from this set, not quite as good as the uh, other Legolases we've had, but this guy's not shabby. I'm completely fine with that. 110. Ridiculous. (laughs) Both versions, the melee and the range version. This guy, he looks like, if you looked at his, because uh, they hadn't spoiled this dial yet, when I popped him out of the package, he had a blade, and I was like, ooh, we got another melee version of Legolas. No, he has a blade, <laughs> but he's all ranged. Uh, he has Leap Climb, 9 range with 2 bolts and Sharpshooter. He has Incapacitate and Enhancement at the start with Super Senses. And then he picks up a damage ability oh, later. That he, epic action. When he makes a ranged combat attack, modify the damage dealt to characters marked with an action token by plus one. Uh, he also has a trait. When he targets more than one character with a ranged combat attack, modify his attack and damage values by plus one. And then he has an epic action of Elf Eyes. Give him an epic action. He may use running shot as a free action and places a spotter token on any hit characters. When a character marked with a spotter token is the target of a ranged combat attack, modify its damage value negative one for each 300 points of the game's build total. Dude, that's actually really monstrous in larger point games for Lord of the Rings. Like, it's um, kind of a perma-police. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like All you got to do is peg, peg a character once. You're talking nine range double bolt. Even if you're in-capping people... And then he's providing enhancement, so you have archers surround him, and you're just, ah, I yeah, like see, him. At first glance, I looked at the dial, and I was like, I don't like him that much. But then I realized his epic action in conjunction with his other powers, he's actually a really good piece. And the thing about that epic action is, that doesn't go away. No, he can do that every turn, right? No, I'm saying once you pay, like, let's say you hit Sauron with it, that Sauron, if you're running a 900-point-plus game... Permanently That's what I'm saying. Crit. It's perma-police. But I was saying he that also gives him unoutwittable running shot. Yeah. So every turn he could running shot from nine squares with two bolts and sharpshooter. So he's got four and do end cap. Range. He could do end cap on both of them 
and do the negative one defense on both of them. And when he targets more than one, he's going to get plus one attack on top of that. Yep. Or he can go for damage, pop, you know, two do damage two one. damage to each. Or four damage to and one. And then pl- put the spotter tokens on each of them. Uh, I like them a lot. I, I, think I still this, think the other ones are better. I, I would say for straight damage, potentially the other ones are better. I feel like this one, this is one that definitely scales depending on the game point total. He has more options, I guess, than if, the other ones. If I'm running a 600-plus game, I, I want this guy in a full elf army. Still, not bad. One of the better pieces of the set. Uh, same as 42 points. He's number 13. He has an attack power. Given uh, He has support. When he does, after actions resolve, he may use it again as a free action, but only to target a different character marked with one action token. That's pretty specific. Hey, uh, so I was looking for a really good defense support for tomorrow. Or for Wednesday. Uh, there's a better one. Who? Uh, Hired Henchman. Oh, yeah. Actually, wait. That's no, a 10 attack. Sand only needs a 5. Yeah, he'd be better, because the Henchman has lower attack. And he's attack. stealth. 4 to 2 points. Yeah, I guess he he's not a bad option. Uh, yeah, he has stealth and support with a 15. So with that support... or uh, Sorry, a defend with a 15. So what we're saying is with the support and the defend combo... You can give the person you're trying to heal your 15 defense, and then you only need to roll 5 to be able to heal them. Um, he does not have willpower. However, on his third click, he keeps the uh, support and picks up willpower, but he loses that defense. So kind of a trade there. Not a bad piece at all. I like him. Uh, a pretty good medic as far as only needing a 5 to hit and the <laughs> potential of healing two people. See, I totally derped because at first glance I looked at his dial and I was like, 15 defend, he doesn't even have support, then it's on his attack ability. <laughs> uh, Mar has uh, 55 points. This guy's not a bad dial for 55 points. First of all, it's 7 clicks. 55-point uh, leadership is nice in these games because you're talking a lot of generics. Um, you're, most of the time it's almost two figures per 100. I just like the fact that he's seven clicks long for 55 points. Oh, that too. And he also is can stand around a little bit. He has reflexes for three clicks, then toughness for four. He has flurry for the top three clicks, then two clicks of blades, then two clicks of flurry again. He's just, overall, he's not a bad piece. He has a trait, friendly characters, modify their attack value plus one when they attack a character occupying hindering. Unless already modified. See, I didn't see the unless already modified. I was like, that's ridiculous because you could run three of these guys. And I was like, oh wait. Lugdush isn't bad either. 40 points. He has an attack power of Orc Blade. He can use blades when he does on a result 4 to 6. After actions resolve, you may deal 1 damage to a different opposing character adjacent to Lugdush. So I, if he, I like the only that. problem is he doesn't have charge with that. That's true. I like that kind of ability, and I want to see more of that, really. Um, the Red She-Hulk in the Fear Itself set kind of has something like that, where she blades the character in front of her and slashes through and hits the one behind. I want I want more abilities like that, where characters are just doing like a wide swing and hitting two characters. Yeah, you know, we talked... I was kind of talking about that in our dial design contest. It's, I love when they make a piece that has some kind of power that causes something to happen in the game that is you very... You instantly know what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it personifies and it's a creative way of of doing it. Like, a, for example, one of our dials um, submitted this week was for a character that has a tractor beam power. Yeah. And he has an ability that lets him suck in an opponent from so many squares away, kind of like a reverse TK he brings him into him. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's uh, what yeah. I mean. 
creative ways of how the heck am I going to make this character's power represented in hero clicks? That's exactly what, I mean? what WizKids does all right. Time. And it's I love when WizKids or other people think of cool ways yeah. to affect. I like seeing pieces move around the board and you know in sort certain effects like that. Um, Blood Dush isn't bad. Forty points though. There's better options. He does have he does have Indom, which is uh, one. Well, he is a forty points blades period, which is most of the. Um, oh wait, most of the minions do have blades though. Well, I was going to say most of the minions don't have willpower, so he does have good oh, and bad. Yeah, he does have Indom. Uh, Grishna is thirty five points, plasticity almost the whole dial, and attack power of at the beginning of your turn. Choose a number one to six, and roll two d six. If the chosen number comes up on either dice, Grishna can use charge this turn. If it comes up on both dice, Grishna can also use exploit. Um, I don't know how it, it, he has only 35 points. But that's a 1 in 6 to get charge. I know. No, well, if you oh, think about it. 1 in 6 and a 1 in 6. It's two shots at 1 in 6 to get charge. And then you have a 1 in... Right, so you have a... You have effectively like a thirty-three percent chance that you're going to get the charge. Yeah, and then a oh sorry, eight, yeah, then sorry. like a eight percent chance that you're going to get, or less than that, really, that you're going to get for thirty-five. Yeah, I like a thirty-five point plasticity willpower. I don't like relying on luck for my abilities, though. He's not god awful, but not that amazing either. Farmer seventy-seven points. He has a special movement of running shot and stealth, and he has leadership as well, and energy shield, and a sharpshooter too, so he's a great range piece. Yeah, he's kind of similar to the Lord of the Rings one that I played. Yeah, sharpshooter ignores hindering six range, that's not bad. Running shot, stealth, the only reason Pin- I didn't run this guy and I ran the other one is because the other guy had enhancement in this guy. Bastard's got pin side down dial, Hunter. Yep, he has a special, uh, or he has a uh, epic action, this is only a once per game one. Once per game, give him an epic action. All friendly characters occupying hindering modify their attack plus one this turn. When you do, Faramir may make a close or range combat attack as free action. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. Uh, he's still getting to attack that turn, but he's also providing something extra for the rest of your team. Yeah. He himself also, to note, ignores hindering terrain. It's not printed hindering either, so if you had a smoke cloud or something, you could set it up. Good point. Um, and like Austin said, the the last four clicks of his dial, he gets psychic blast, and he also I wish his dial was flipped almost. <laughs> yeah. The next character is Hama. He's fifty points, five clicks long, uh, charge and CCE on top click, and then three clicks of flurry and a special damage power of outwit only on characters seventy five points or less. That's pretty useful in Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of cheap pieces. Uh, in a epic action once per game. Give him an epic action until your next turn. Attacks that would deal penetrating damage deal regular damage instead. Uh, you know who just made his way onto all my Sauron teams pretty much? Oh my gosh, Austin. Don't do that. I'm doing it. I don't care. That's dirty. Yeah, it is dirty, and I'm doing it. In a Lord of the Rings only event, yeah. him and Sauron would not be nice at all. It's only once per game at least. So. That's true. Yeah, th- I mean, in that... Has some potential combos in Silver Age. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, heck, that first turn, team base is barreling down on you with a pin side freaking. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, all that uh, five damage you thought was going to cut right through my purpose? Yeah, no, that's no. not, not going to work. Nope. Not going to happen. Yeah, I like him. 
I, I really like him for 50 points. Gambling is also 50. Not quite as good, but not horrible. Uh, plasticity, Quake, CCE. A trait during your first turn. Choose a friendly character with a greater point value. That character can use Mastermind, but can only use it to deal damage to Gambling. Now, the giving anybody the Mastermind is good. I like, I like Reverse Mastermind. And he also has Toughness with that, too. And then he turns into a 17 defend, so... And that's what I was about to say. That's what I like about him, is he's a 17 defend for 50 points. You push him onto that, and you keep him next to your archers, which only have a 15 defense. But they get a plus one if they're adjacent well, to each other. Um, What's-his-face has 17 defend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who we're going to talk about in a minute. But, yeah, I that's kind of... It's good, because you do that, you pick your guy... You follow your guy around, you you let him mastermind onto you, and you give him a 17 defend if he Run needs. Run him with those Rohan soldiers that you could carry in addition. Well, they have to be higher to get the defend. Higher point value or lower? Yeah, high, they have to be higher point value than him. Oh, is it... Can yeah, because see, he's going to give the person he chooses oh, no, to mastermind. to mastermind. But he can just use defend normally anyway, can't he? It's on his dial. During that, choose a friendly character with a point value higher than gambling. So the point, the character you choose has to be f- higher than 50. I'm talking about the defend. 17 defend. Oh, yeah. Defended one. I was going to say, you carry you carry him with someone like Theoden or somebody. You carry... No, don't use Theoden. Okay, don't we use do Theoden. We do not promote the use of the rider <laughs> Theoden on this podcast. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> okay, so you use somebody on a horse that isn't terrible, like Legolas Gimli. Like Le- <laughs> not Or Shadowfax. And you carry uh, you carry one gambling and a bunch of the Rohan soldiers, which have like 15, 16s. You give them the nice little defense buff from him. I mean, like it's not bad. I he like gets perplexed for too. Uh, oh. He can use perplexed, but only target friendly characters with a point value seventy five or less. So oh, if you I, had I that sweet didn't spot, didn't even notice that. That is not bad. If he had a sweet spot of a, of a person to use for that trait, that's seventy five uh, from fifty one to seventy five points. That could be a good piece. So. There's some potential on I'm this guy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, there's is it people that share a keyword with him can use the Mastermind, or is it just 75 points? No, right? just choose a friendly character <laughs> point value. My Sauron team's getting better by the minute. Uh, Aowen, <laughs> we've talked about. She's good. She has a support power. Uh, she can use support. When she does, you may treat any roll of doubles other than a crit miss as a result higher than the target's defense value. But when you do, she can heal a maximum of two. Who cares? It's already a minimum of one anyway. Yeah. I mean... And so, maximum two, minimum one. I was saying that that lets her <coughs> heal Colossals way easier than a lot of other people can. Yeah. And uh, some big point pieces. So she has some use also. Aemir is very good. I used him. Uh, I used his steed, or the the rider duo. And then after the first round of seeing how horrible they were, I started splitting them a little earlier in the matches. Because uh, he is very useful. Yeah. He can carry himself, by the way. he Aemir can use carry. But his damage power is very useful. Uh, he's 68 points. He's a just kind of a vanilla attacker with charge and toughness and 2 damage. But his damage ability is him and adjacent friendly characters modify their attack value plus 1 when making a close combat attack. If that character has moved this turn, modify his damage value, modify its damage value by plus 1 for this attack as well. Dang. So he really helps your swarm teams. Yeah. And he was a fun piece. I like him a lot. Uh, Gimli, uh, we like a lot too. I was gonna say overall though, the thing I really like about this set was everyone was like another Lord of the Rings set. What the heck are they gonna put in here? They brought in all the um, all the Rohirrim really well, um, all the Men of Gondor really well. They even have Easterlings. 
it's they did these kingdoms so well because the Rohan riders are riders. They have horses. They're horsemen. Yeah, I think the riders on top of that saved them, uh, made it a, a good set. Yeah, I think overall, like I love the flavor aspect where they have a lot of carrying, a lot of on the move attacks, stuff like that is really cool. Gimli's a hundred points. He has an awesome epic action. Uh, give him epic action. He and up to one adjacent friendly character per two hundred points can use combat reflexes and close combat expert until your next turn, and Gimli can use close combat expert as a free action. That sounds like one of the once per game ones, but it's not. I know. <laughs> so every, every turn, turn that he wants them. to use CCE, he can use it and give it to everybody else and reflexes. I want to build a dwarven brawling team with those mage knight dwarfs and just surround somebody with them and then just keep popping that every turn. He has traded charge, did I mention? Traded charge <laughs> can use it normally or give a double power action to use it, but does not have a speed value, which is only a six. <laughs> I love the name of it. We dwarfs are natural spiders. <laughs> Which he says in that movie yeah, in the second one. Uh, he gets three clicks of flurry at the end, too. He has exploit almost this whole dial. See, this is what I've wondered. How much did they sit and rewatch these movies over and over in the office trying to come up with the names for stuff? That sounds like a good a good job to me. Uh, Ugluck's not a bad piece for 65. He has charge, quake, and exploit with uh, Indom. He has a trait of when he's adjacent to a friendly character... He can use Smoke Cloud as a free action, but can only place up to two tokens, and no tokens can be placed in a square occupied by a character. So he kind of throws a tiny little smoke bomb out. Um, Plasticity for five clicks. Gets a little poison and reflexes later. Not horrible, but... He sets up stealth easily, which is nice, because there are a lot of orc archers that have stealth and stuff like that. Yep. Nothing to write home about, but not that bad. Uh, Sharku is 45 points. I swear they made up half these orc names. Uh, charge, reflexes... Well, they're in the book. They're just not yeah, in the movies. Charge, reflexes, and CCE. Uh, traded when an opposing character within three squares is KO'd. Give him plus one attack value until your next turn. I don't really like this guy that much, myself. Eh, six clicks for 45 isn't too bad. And CCE's never... Yeah, I guess he's not he that would, much worse than... To me, I feel like I would have to get him into the fray first. Like, he can charge for two, sure. But once he's in there, he can close combat expert. Any uh, wait six range or six uh, movement? Yeah, six movement charge. He's only going three, and he has CCE, but he doesn't have willpower. He's gonna have to push. I don't know. He's eh, not bad. Nothing not right terrible. home about my main man Howder. Favorite piece of the set. Sixty points. Seven clicks for sixty points. Uh, the first three clicks are, is where he makes his money, along with his epic action. Leap Climb, attack power of damage dealt by ranged combat attacks by friendly characters adjacent to Howder can't be reduced to less than one. And he has enhancement on top of that, and he has a 17 defend. Now, in the Lord of the Rings aspect, that is what makes him so good. Along with the, uh, along with if he ran Legolas, let's say you ran the, the original Legolas with the three bolts, he could hit three people... Wait, he could hit three it. people. I don't want to talk about it. He could hit three different people who have impervious, and they'd each have to take one. Yep. Because of, just because of that. Yep. And actually, he could hit one of them a little harder. And then he with like a thirteen attack as a sixty point support character. <clears throat> yeah, 
then you take on the effect you combo this guy with those 32 point elven soldiers from this same set and he just makes them so much better he makes a 32 point piece a 19 energy shield piece. as I told you I would slap the 60 point character on an Iron Man team yeah because now we're now we're bringing him now we're talking not Lord of the Rings his epic action is bonkers okay the once per game give an epic action choose up to one friendly character per 200 points of the build total during your turn, each chosen character a power gives them a power action. They can make two range combat attacks as free actions. Galactus. That's what that's what I was saying when we first started. You could make any colossal just blast and do, and he's enhanced. Can I borrow now. him for tomorrow or Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, you can borrow. Him. I'm not. I'm running him with serpent, but <laughs> is serpent ranged? Uh, serpent has uh, at his full dial he has twelve range. Damn. Yeah, um, his bottom dial, it's based on his fear. So we already talked about Halder a lot. He's good. Thaden is uh, really cool, too. The main Thaden, not the rider Thaden. He, he's the one who has Force Blast, and he can use it as if he occupied any square within six squares in line of fire, so he can kind of do it from different angles and stuff. Uh, his epic action is once per game. Give him an epic action. Place him in up to one friendly character per 150 points of the build total in your starting area. See, you're supposed to combo him with the horse one, though. Mm-hmm. Because the horse version, you can, when we get to him here in a minute, you can give everyone in your starting area running shot and charge or whatever. So what you do is you combo them. You let your opponent come and try to take, a, take out some pieces in your starting area or near your starting area. And then Theoden goes, boom, everyone teleports back. Boom, I'm going to merge with a horse. Now I'm a horseman. And then everyone runs and attacks. Gandalf is 215 points. Sadly, no Mystics team ability. I hate when they don't give him Mystics. 215 points. I'm fine with them not giving him Mystics. Eight clicks long. Epic action. Give him an epic action. Roll a d6 for each 200 points of the build total. Other friendly characters within four squares may be healed of the total result, dividing the total among them, but only if they are given an action token. Now that's a little confusing, but it's pretty dang useful. Uh, so let's say, Hunter. for argument's sake, we're playing a 200. No, or no, a no. We, we're not even going to stop. And, I, want you, <laughs> I want you to stop and think that it's him and Galactus as your team. <laughs> you choose Galactus. Other friendly characters in four squares may be healed divided among them. Oh no, it's Galactus. I'm just going to heal him all 24. And give him one action token and make him... <laughs> and he's just going to push for one. Yeah. Oh dear God. Well, he won't even. Do you he, have this guy? Yeah, I have. Can him. I borrow him for Wednesday? I have everybody from the set. <laughs> if you can have him, if you want him, my serpent's fully healing every turn, and ain't nothing no one gonna do about it. Um, the trait is uh, when Gandalf the White has no action tokens, he can use Perplex until your next turn, but may only use it to target other characters. When Gandalf has one action token, he can use Prop Control. He has a sharpshooter, surprisingly, with an attack power. Gandalf the White can use energy explosion when he hits an untargeted character, so the splash damage. Damage dealt to all characters hit by the attack is penetrating damage. So he does. Oh, wow. So he basically has the pinside energy explosion combo. Yes. As long as he splashes somebody. Yeah, he has to splash somebody to make it, to make it penetrating. He gets a pulse wave for a couple clicks in the middle, and then again at the end. In Outwit. Regen. Um, Pretty pretty good for 215 points. Yeah, it's a solid 250. I would rather that be a mind control on top dial instead of phasing just to give some options, but I can't complain too much about him. Now we get into the riders. 
the Warg Rider is not that bad. Now, this is the only um, Forces of Sauron Rider that's in the set. Aww. He's 89 points. He has a uh, ignores charge and flurry. When he uses flurry in the same turn as charge, the two attacks must be against different targets. So if he charge flurries, he has to swing at two different people. 16 reflexes with three damage. Yeah, he ignores elevated, ignores hindering, ignores characters. Um, trying to now these traded guys. The the interesting thing to note about him in particular, as far as splitting and merging, is uh, when Warg Rider uses the split ability or any character uses the merge ability. Characters with the Isengard keyword are considered to have the name Isengard. So he any Isengard character can go onto the Warg. Basically, is what that means. And that's going to be the same with Rider of Rohan, because these are kind of like generic riders. Does that mean he could split into a different character than he started as? He's going to start as... No, because of the second part. When Warg Rider uses the split ability, a bystander token named Warg is considered to be on the same click as Warg Rider and can't be given an action to use the merge ability. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, you could have him as some random... Named Goblin, and then, and then move him to then, a different Isengard. And then split him to a different one. I don't know, but you do have to remember that when you do split merge, the point value thing is going to yeah. come into effect too. I I can't remember. Let's see how many points the the Pog is. I think they're all ten, and he's eleven because he has exploit. Um, so you'd have 70, 78 points. Almost all the Isengard guys we saw were under that. Yeah. But the thing is, to merge them into that, they're going to have to eat... They're, if you're starting them off separate, they're going to have to be more than Oh, that. yeah, true. That's what I'm saying. He's a pretty mad dial. Um, he's not quite as bad as some of the I other I don't ones. like his nerf charge flurry. I think that that would have been cooler had it been he can use flurry if he uses move and attack. I don't think he really needs it anyways because he's not that amazing of a piece already that they need to do that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I mean, like, it'd be cooler if he could move and attack and flurry as long as he smacked two different people. He gets blaze and willpower for three clicks, and then after that he goes downhill. So he's not that great. Rider of Rohan's not all that great either. He is the same way. He's a generic version, so when he uh, does a split and merge, he's going to trigger off of the Rohan keyword. And... Um, one useful trait is if no other friendly character is next to, uh, is adjacent to a target attacked by Rider Rohan. So if he runs out and hits somebody who's by their self. Um, no, if, it, if he runs out there and he's alone. It, no, it's it's by the target, not, not by oh. him. If none of your guys are already attacking the person you're going after, basically is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, that's... Uh, he gets plus one attack. Yeah. Now it says on the... Uh, HG Realms that is, is a damage power but then on the dial it says it's a movement power but either way he has a special uh, power called Vanguard he can use move and attack when adjacent to an opposing character whenever he uses move and attack modify his speed value negative 1 instead of his attack value mm-hmm. however his attack value is already a 9 and an 8 on his last 4 clicks so it's not if he was starting at a 10 I'd be like hey that's pretty good but if they would have put him down to a 7 then he would have been god-awful, so they pretty much had to do yeah, this. Yeah, true. Mid-dial, he gets Charge and Quake, and then he gets and a it, little power. It is worth it to note that all of these characters do have duo attack. Right, and, and the move and attack symbol. He's 97 points, though. There's so many... There's a... I'd rather take two of those little Rohan warriors Yeah, instead. I... 
Like you could run four of them for ninety seven yeah, points. True. Yeah, I don't really like the rider Rohan. I don't really care much for the next one, Amir and Steed. He's a uh, he does have an epic action. Give him an epic action. Choose up to one friendly character for each two hundred points to build total. When a chosen character uses charge this turn, modify their speed value negative two instead of speed instead of having their speed value from charge. If Amir and Steed is one of those charging characters, they can use charge as a free action this turn. So they can once again, it's an epic action that lets them still do right. something, which is awesome. The big thing I like about them though is their third click where they have an eighteen defend. That's really the only saving grace for this piece. I agree. Um, <clears throat> because they start off with no movement or attack powers on their dial, just toughness and leadership. And then, like you said, mid-dial they get defend starting on click three. If you can get onto click three, they have an 18 defend. And see, this is another example of them over-nerfing it, I feel like. They have a special perplex where they can only modify attack or speed of friendlies, but then they get normal perplex two clicks after that. If they had normal perplex for both those clicks, they might actually be good. I won't say, well, I shouldn't say good. They'd be tolerable. Yeah, they're not worth 93 points either. Legolas and Gimli, a little bit better, um, especially considering that they have good splits when you I split them. I don't care how good this figure is. That sculpt sucks. You saw the excitement on my face when I pulled it. This was Dude. my number one one. <laughs> this figure's so cool. When oh. I realized that they put Legolas and Gimli on a fucking horse, <laughs> the excitement. All of Hunter's fanfics came to life. Uh, they have a epic action. <clears throat> or Sorry, they're 145 points, first of all. Eight clicks long. Epic action. Give them an epic action up to one friendly character per 200 points of the build total. Chosen characters modify their attack values by plus one this turn for each KO'd friendly character with a point value of 30 points or more. Now that's not each character that got KO'd this turn. It's just each KO'd friendly character like for the game, I assume. 30 points or more. So that's pretty useful. If, you, if it's Kind of as the end, towards the end of the game, all your guys are going to get plus three attack. Yeah, basically. Um, so that's one that could come in handy. Now the trait that really helps them stand and fight when Legolas and Gimli use the duo attack ability. The second attack deals penetrating damage. So usually when you use duo, your second attack is sometimes worthless because sometimes you only have like a three or a two. By the time you yeah, deal with dampeners, they drop to a two. With late dial, they drop to a one on their second part of their duo, which usually wouldn't even hurt anybody, but the fact that it's penetrating helps that get through and helps it be useful. Their attack power is very good, too. Characters attacked by them can't use shape change or super senses for that I just attack. want to bring up that a 13 attack where the second swing deals penetrating, so you deal five total damage, and the target can't use shape change or super senses is really awesome. Well, they can't. They won't oh, be they able to do. Oh, they can't target themselves when they do. Oh, yeah, because they they took it out. Yeah, they would waste their action. Um, but uh, they have an eighteen defense starting out. That's oh, okay. what makes them good. Yeah, uh, as far as the aimer, we we're like, oh, there's an eighteen defend on there, but yeah, it's but on a he's random like fifty clip. points less. Isn't he? True, but I mean, I, this is still a better overall dial. I agree. It has four clicks of outwit, then three clicks of perplex. And eight rain. It has better values. It deals penetrating damage on the second attack. It has better splits and merges with the Legolas and the Gimli options. Plus, you got to think, not only the Legolas and Gimli's from this set, the Legolas and Gimli's we've gotten before, it, you have better options. Um, <laughs> yeah. So many good figures. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, the fact, notice this 8 range here, too. Yeah. So, 
you've got the move and attack with the ranged option, which a lot of these other rider op, rider pieces don't have. So nothing super amazing, again. But split but merge is a big better deal. than the other pieces that we've seen so far. The rider pieces. Yeah. Aragorn and Brago also have an epic action. Until the beginning of your next turn, modify by plus one the defense value of up to one character per 150 points of the build total that shares a keyword with them. And they have Animal, Fellowship, Man, Ruler, Warrior. So you're spin, you're giving them a power action to give modify by plus one the defense up to one per character. So only a lot of people plus one. That's not really worth it. Well, it's like three people. Plus I mean, I it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of situational, but I don't think it's. I really great. wouldn't waste my turn on that. They have a useful trait during your first turn. Choose a keyword. Aragorn and Brago can use mind control and perplex, but may only target characters with which they share a keyword or have the chosen keyword. This is interesting. Now that does give them trait of perplex. Yeah. Which, you know, considerably ups their values, along with the fact that they have prop control on top click. So Perplex and Prob, with the ability to carry, and they have Indom as well, and a 17 energy shield with 6 range. This one, I thought, for the points... Well, let's Here's mention the, the attack power real quick. Well, I was going to say, the one thing to note about that trait is that uh, it's... Even if you chose a crappy keyword, like something out there, it still also is any of them they share with. So, like, Soldier... Soldier's going to be a vast majority of the figures in this. Well, set. and you get to choose it first turn. Yeah. So it's not like you had, you know, you have to choose it before uh, you I mean, even like see your you, opponent's team. You could literally like go soldier for 90% of their team and then pick whatever mystical for their Gandalf. Yeah. I gotcha. The attack power is when they're adjacent to one or more opposing character, the duo may modify their attack and defense by plus one, so when they kind of get into the fight. I thought for the points... This was the better of the all the do, all the rider options, and I still stand by that so far. I think they're again they're not amazing. They're not one of those hero clicks point pieces that we look at and we're like, oh, this, this piece is pretty good. It's not like in Lord of the Rings. This piece is very good. I this think this piece is good in Lord of the Rings. I would not. I feel like. If their attack power was one damage and one attack instead of defense, I might be a little more big on it. But overall, it's a it's a good piece. I mean, like especially in Lord of the Rings, and of course, split and merge is always big. You could split Aragorn and the next turn do his epic leap climb or something ridiculous. Uh, they have three clicks of charge blades and outwit, and then regen towards the end. What's and, uh, uh, Brago's special power? Brago can carry. And can use toughness when Brago takes damage. Instead, you flip him He's to the other Brago. So you flip Brago to the other Brago, who has an 18 defend carry. See, now that makes him ridiculous because all the Aragorns are good pieces, pretty much. And then if you split him, you have this 18 defend horse. <clears throat> so, let me bring up something you're not realizing. You play this guy by itself. Yeah. You pay... 25 points, purposefully push him, while carrying people, mind you. Nope. So you, this piece is a 20... This is by far the best piece of the this entire set. Because this piece has Silver Age potential. All of these mounts are ridiculous, but this one particularly is ridiculous. 25 points. 
you get a taxi that once you push it gets an 18 defend. Yep. Give me a break. Get out. Yep. Just get out of here. Just go on. Get I out. feel like Silver Age is going to see a lot of this bastard. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these Lord of the Rings pieces you look at and you're like, well, it's a good piece, but it's not going to affect the meta, even if you wanted to talk about Silver Age meta, because that's 300 points, and epic actions are 400 points. This guy doesn't this, rely this on This horse don't care. This is a horse hunter. He doesn't need epic actions to be good. He's just good. So This, this horse is hung like a horse hunter. Is it meta? Maybe. I don't know. Is it good? Fuck. Yeah, it's good. 25-point <laughs> carry, 18 defend. It's going to be on almost every Lord of the Rings team I play from now here on out. Well, you can guarantee that one. King Theoden and Steed I played Wednesday. I They have a cool attack power. Like I said, they have this quake that deals penetrating to one of the characters that you hit. Other than that, they freaking suck. Um, like Austin said, they do have the epic action until the beginning of your next turn. Up to one character per 200 points of the build. And all friendlies in your starting oh, area. I'm sorry, it's both. Can use charge and running shot. So like you said, you can use... If you started with Theoden... Uh, you know what? You can't. Because I was I thought of the whenever we talked about this guy before, me and you, whenever we looked at his card at dugout, and you were like, Oh yeah, you could use Theoden, bring him back to the starting area, then you do this and you give him charge range. You have to wait a turn. No, you can't merge them. The point values don't add up. Oh, that's right. People were complaining about that. Yeah, the horse is only ten and Theoden's not eighty six, he's less than eighty six, so you cannot do that. You can't you can't do Theoden. That seems and like merge. an oversight on You have to start with them and then split yeah. into the other two. Yeah, that really sucks. I don't really these guys are not worth ninety six points. Gandalf the, and Shadow Facts are cool. The only time I could see that epic action like I could see that epic action being good with there's a few figures made like Sauron. Sauron doesn't have... He has phasing teleport for a good chunk of his dial and no, like, special moving attack. He does have the special pop-up quake thing, though. Yeah, but he gets, like, minus one damage or something like that, or attack for it, or two, actually. Um, maybe. I could I could see a niche roll. For 96 points in a larger game, I could squeeze him in for something good. That's like a that. lot for 96 points, to, or 96 yeah. points is a lot for that. Uh, Gandalf and Shadowfax are 275 points. We've went over their dial before, so we're not going to spend a ton of time. They are pretty good. I don't know if they're 275 points good. That's the only problem. Uh, they have an epic action of outwit. After using it, they can use it again as free action once for every 200 points of the build total. But, again, you're spending a power action to use outwits on a 300-point piece. So, is it worth it? Is it not? I don't really think it is. Personally, I mean, if I'm spending 275 points on a piece, I want to be hitting somebody in the face really hard. If I'm given an epic action, I want to make sure that five enemies can't make actions next turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, special attack power, hypersonic speed. Special, or that was movement. Special attack power is pulse wave. If the result of the attack is doubles, hit characters are also given an action token. Extremely good. Special damage power of outwit, perplex, and prop control. My only beef with this piece. It's expensive, yeah. So it's blinding but it, white. I'm, I look at it and I'm like, it's expensive. The, it doesn't have really good move tech. Yes, it has three opening clicks of hypersonic. Does it have good values? Yes and no. 11 attack is fine for 275 points. But three damage on a 275 point piece with no exploit, no psychic blast, I guess pulse wave. But you can't hypersonic pulse wave. 
but I just don't think this piece hits hard enough to warrant its price tag. I agree. And not only that, it drops to a two damage. Even in Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah, I mean, period. Yeah. Even in within Lord of the Rings, where lower power levels are usually viable, I think 275 is way too much for this piece. If he had a ridiculous epic action, maybe. But the thing is, he doesn't. I compare him to, like, Sauron or anyone else like that, and it's just not worth it. I mean, he duo attacks, it's three, then two at most. And you have to be already up in there to do that. Uh, yeah, because... Clicks 5 through 9, he drops to a 2 damage with Perplex, so he could perp it up to a 3, but still. His best click is like 4, where he has Penetrating Side Blast, um, 3 damage, and, um, what's it called? Outwit Perp. Yeah. Yeah, I want to like him. I'm definitely going to try him one time, but I just... It, I just think it's overcosted. Well, Shadowfax is worth his point, so... I was going to say, you could... He does have a 9 range outwit. So, I, I mean, you could outwit their defense, duo attack from 9 squares away for 3, then 2, so 5. I tell you what is probably useful with these guys, though. What purpose damage? Run the Mystics uh, Gandalf. Oh, wait. I don't know if... Let's see if the playing values would add up real quick. Because if so, this could be really dang good, actually, now that I think about it. See how much the Mystics Gandalf is. 131. He's not high enough. What were you going to do? I was going to make them take seven clicks of Mystics and then merge them into the uh, pulse-waving, giving tokens, perplex <laughs> out with prop control. Because <laughs> Shadowfax costs 25. Yeah. But that's still not high enough. Well, anyways. Um, if this piece had Mystics, it might. I mean, that I would agree. up its value. But I still don't think it'd be worth 275. Personally. Although I have to say a hypersonic Mystics would make me want to shoot myself by the end of the match. Now... Oh, Shadowfax is 45 points. Shadowfax is 45 points, but he also is like the Brago where he has two clicks of life, basically, for a bystander token. Starts off with hypersonic of 11 attack, uh, carryability, and invulnerability. Let's just stop pretty right. good 45 Let's point Let's stop piece. right here and think about the fact this is a 45 point invul hypersonic 11, 2 damage, 10 attack. That's ridiculous in Lord of the Rings. There are there's like no hypersonics. You're talking about a horse that's going to go eleven squares and randomly just kick Samwise Gamgee in this ugly little face. Well, for, anybody can kick Samwise Gamgee, but from eleven squares away, running up to do it. Then on his once he gets hit or pushes, he'll go onto a dial that has Charge Quake and Super Senses. So not horrible. But yeah, we've talked about it before. Where Invul's really good in this set because there there are ways to get around it, but there's not many. Yeah. And usually it's exploit. So a hypersonic with Invul is ridiculous. Only two more pieces to talk about, and they are the chases. Now, the only bad thing about this set is the chases are, as with all the other Lord of the Rings sets, are really hard to get. Because they're one per case, and a case will cost you about $250. That's just, nice. Yeah, just so you guys know. So, <laughs> uh, if you're looking just to collect this, I don't... I don't know if it's worth that much money in your... I don't know how much these pieces are going to go. Uh, I pulled Boromir. Boromir. Sadly, he's not that good. His sculpt is amazing. Oh, I love his sculpt. He's 65 it's... points. The way... The the kind of... His dial is based around his flag tokens. He has a damage ability. Uh, you give him a power action. You remove a flag marker placed by Boromir from the map and place a frag marker in a square. 
Flag marker square. Flag so it's <laughs> it's like spirals. If there's already some down, you had to yeah. take them away before you do this. Friendly character any silver ring, so there's no confusion with multiple ones. Friendly characters adjacent to a flag marker modify their attack value by plus one. Not really worth it in my opinion. What's his epic action? His epic action is until the beginning of your next turn. Modify the damage value of all friendly characters by plus one when attacking an opposing character within six squares of your starting area. So if they're in, in your area... If they're up in your grill. Then you can do that. That's also not that great. And here's what's upsetting me. And this is... I, I want to say before I say this, the Lord of the Rings set overall is... I love it. I mean, like they've done some great figures in this set. The sculpts are amazing. The flavor is great. My big upset, there's way too many banner clicks. Like, this is like the fourth figure I've seen where I'm like, man, I really would prefer to play this on its second click. Yeah. Although it loses charge. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, it doesn't pick up its special damage power till the second click. It's like, why? It's like, if you're going to build a figure around that... I think if they take this piece and they either, A, make that flag ability a free action, or B, they make it where he does the power action, but he places the flag wherever he wants on the map, which is how it should be, not in his square only. Or they made his leadership when he hits a get plus one attack to adjacent characters. Then he's worth it. Other than that, he's a really crappy dial. Yeah, his epic action's so disappointing. I wish WizKids would stop making ones that are based on how close to the starting area you are that are so close. I mean, like, maybe on Helm's Deep or something. Captain uh, Britain's is really far. Like, yeah. Half at, the map almost. At best, I could run this on Realm of Death, which has four squares out on its starting area. And I could probably do what? That's still only ten squares. That's not even half the map. Frodo and Gollum are the other chase. 114 points. And I actually haven't got time to look at these guys yet. It's the only piece I haven't looked at. 114 points. They have uh, epic action. When they occupy hindering terrain, they and up to one friendly per 150 points... Of the game total, occupying hindering terrain can be placed in different squares of hindering terrain up to eight squares away. <laughs> so you just tunnel characters. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, 150 points. It's not. I great. guess it, on a certain maps, because there are some maps that start with hindering. Fifty different park maps. Well, I was gonna say start with hindering in the starting zone. Oh yeah, um, well, Krakoa does. I think Krakoa's actually got. We'll have to see. There, if there's some maps that have hindering in the starting zone, moving a lot of characters for one action token is pretty good. Yeah. So that could be useful. Um, their trait, when Frodo and Gollum use split, heal one of the replacement characters of one damage after it's placed on the map. That's useful too. And they also are going to have useful split merges because you have different Frodo options. Uh, attack power is exploit and poison. Now what I find funny is that Frodo and Gollum are hitting for the same amount of damage Gandalf that a 275-point Gandalf and Shadow Facts are hitting for. I don't know what you're talking about, except they also have exploit. <laughs> and prop control. And they but are the less chase. than half of the cost. Oh, they're a chase. Boromir was a chase, and he's the worst piece in the damn set. I wouldn't say he's the worst in the he's set. He's bottom five. He Tell is, me he's not he's bottom, bottom five. five. Yes, exactly. He's power bottom five. <laughs> We talk about more. I want to see the OP kit stuff real quick. We don't have to go super over it, but I just want to glance at it. So, I like I like this piece. They have stealth, uh, super senses, and prop control. It's too bad you didn't pull them. I, I'm going to get them, though. 
I gotta have my head. It's the only piece in the set I need. Theodrid is the LE. He's 55 points, four clicks of flurry, a couple clicks of willpower. Wait a minute. They gave him Indom and willpower. Oh well, whatever. In case they are wit one. <sighs> they really want this either. guy to use willpower. He has a. He really epic, wants to get shit done. <laughs> his epic action is choose either the row or column of squares that he occupies on the map. Modify the defense value of all friendly characters in the chosen square by plus one. I kind of like that. Depending on how big of a game you're playing, that could be worth a power action from a 55-point piece. Yeah, I mean, like, and if you have a line of elf archers or whatever that are already buffing their own defense and they're... You have your whatever his name is, the guy you're totally gay for, the uh, Halder. Yeah. You have him there in the line. I mean, like, that's not bad. He picks up a damage ability, modify the attack and damage values of Theodrid and adjacent friendlies, no specifications, by plus one when they attack an opposing character that has not been previously attacked this turn. Uh, for 55 points, he's not bad. Yeah, I want to see his sculpt. But he has Flurry. Like I said, Flurry, four Six clicks. clicks, 55 Doesn't points. do that much damage. In a big points game, though, that epic action alone could be pretty useful. Yeah, and then there's Sharku and the Warg. Sharku and Warg is, a, uh, is the other... You know, I said there's only one Forces of Sauron... Uh, Rider, this is the other one, but it's in the OP kit. Yep. Phil showed me these guys on the uh, the other day. Uh, they have a trait of plasticity. When they hit a character with an, a close combat attack and action to resolve, they may use Force Blast as a free action against the same target. But if the result of the D6 is a 6, deal Sharku and work 1 unavoidable. And it's called He Took a Little Tumble. <laughs> which is when they f- go too far and then they flip yeah. off the mountain and they fall and die. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be, and we had the Sharku. Now, I don't think we liked Sharku that much. Yeah, Sharku's meh. He's alright. So, uh, this piece has Leap Climb, then three clicks of Charge, and Reflexes, and CC. It's not horrible, considering how bad some of the duo, the riders were. I think for 65 points, I wouldn't feel bad running this. I was going to say. Du- yeah, it's a duo attack. A lot of those riders were 100 points and were bad. At least he's cheaper. Yeah. And he has the whole hit and then uh, Force Blast, depending on the map and how you can place, that might be worth it. Because you could do that with moving attack. What are the relics? Now, relics for this set, remember how bad the last set's relics were? We were very underwhelmed with them. Are they broken? No, they're good, though. Okay. Well, there's the Horde tokens. Um, oh, yeah, Horde tokens. Man of Gondor, 15 points, Leap Climb, Toughness, uh in Whoa. Uh, damn it, uh, stack of six and uh, strength in numbers. Increase Man of Gondor's damage value by half of the stack. So they can get up to five damage on the stack? Yes. That's ridiculous. However, they would have to be how much? 15 times six, so they'd have to be 90 points, though. But still, 90 For five point, damage. Yeah, a 90-point piece that's going to, each time it gets hit, only going to take off one yeah. off the stack. It's pretty good. Um, Shreeling is... Shireling. Or, sorry. It's a hobbit, damn it. Sorry, I read it wrong. Only four movement. (laughs) Uh, They're only ten points, though. Four movement, eight attack, 14 plus reflexes, and one damage. Max stack of four. uh, Shireling can use flurry and plasticity. Shireling increases his speed value by the stack. Meh. So up up to... I guess not horrible for ten points, but... I mean, plasticity for ten points, that's worth it. I like the Man of Gondor better. These, this last one is Marsh Spirits, 15 points. 
It has an attack power uh, when it's stacked, which is three. It can use poison. So 45 points. And it has super senses as an exploit. These guys are pretty good. Super senses. With phasing. Super senses exploit phasing. Dolphin symbol. Phase in when somebody points. has two tokens and make them take poison. Yeah. Next turn they hit you. Oh, shucks. I got two more under this Oh, deck. I just happened to hit my 33% chance to avoid all damage. I'm going to exploit you. God, super senses tokens are annoying. So I like Marsh Spirit a lot. And uh, Man of Gondor, both too good. But no, the the relics are actually good this time around. Morgul Blade is a 50-50 chance to pick it up. And when this character makes a close <laughs> combat attack, damage dealt can't be reduced to less than one. Mm. Not bad for six points for 50-50. Oh, well, eh. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Oh, they did make the Palantir. Palantir's 15 points, a 66% chance to pick up. When this character uses mind control, or this character can use mind control, when it does, it uses improved targeting, ignores block. I'm sure we can find a few characters that'll find. You know how annoying Saruman was in Fellowship of the Ring with oh, that power. Oh yeah, I played him. So these, uh, the last sets were just god awful. So overall, uh, the best pieces I've got: Rohan Soldier and Galadrim Elven Soldier for uh, and uh, Urukai Berserker. Those are the best commons. Aemir, Gimli, uh, Aemir is the best uncommon. Gimli and Halder are both rare and uh, not the Theoden is not bad, but he's not top. <laughs> uh, Gimli and Halder <coughs> are the best rares. And then Best pieces in the set. Brago. Brago's still the Brago best piece. Brago is the best piece in the set. He's definitely the best piece that 18 to Go buy those team packs. <laughs> I have an extra one right now if anybody wants to buy it. Shadowfax is not bad either for 45 points. Oh, yeah. And then the Marsh Spirit and the Man of Gondor tokens are the, the highlights. But the absolute best pieces are uh, Brago and Halder, I think. And that Gimli is pretty damn yeah, good, too. I'm very upset, though, that this set didn't have an int. Well, they could still do it for the next movie. Return they're, in the King. Li- they're in Return of the King, too. Yeah, I just kind of... I was really hoping... I know this is, like, me just, like, way over-wishing. I want a five-figure five Lord of the Rings set with Super Boosters. So I could get my Balrogs, I could get my I'm Witch King on the it it's cheaper than this set was, so I'll say that much. You're considering those team packs are almost as much as a Super Booster. Um, as far as the distribution, how happy I was... Pretty happy. Is it one chase per ca- or per brick? It's one chase per case, which was what I was saying. And this is an expensive set when you consider the rider packs are MSRP ten bucks. Um, I did get great distribution on the rider packs. I opened. Let's see how many riders are there. Is there ten? Or uh, sorry, Eight. six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, there's only seven. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah. There's seven different riders out of 12 packs. I got um, two of each. Like, I didn't get one where I got a ton of them. I got two of each on all of them and then one of of somebody I can't remember. Nice. So, good distribution on the rider packs. Good distribution on the pieces. Um, most of the commons are generic pieces. Most of the uncommons are generic pieces. And... Um, yeah, the only complaint being the chases being the chases should have been one per brick. Um, at least there's only two chases to collect instead of like four out of a set this small. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as uh, sculpting, the sculpting's not bad. Uh, it's not exceptional, but it's definitely not bad. I I just say it's average. The sculpts on the riders are really cool. Uh, they did overall pretty though, good detail. 
I honestly say, like, there were a lot of figures in the set I picked up, and I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Um, and once again, I'm very sad. The Boromir looks awesome. Like, that yeah. sculpt is great. Yeah, he does look The cool. detail in the Gondor logo and everything. Um, I'm excited for Return of the King now. I mean, like, after the Fellowship of the Rings set, I was like, okay, they did a cool job with some of this. It's more Lord of the Rings. Well, Desolation of Small came out, but since I just spent that much money with Christmas coming up, everything, I'm not going to get any for a while. I'm also wondering if they're going to do a Target set for it since it's a movie set. They probably will because the only they thing's going to be they'll wait till the movie comes out. The movie's not coming out for a little while. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be like three weeks or so. Overall, a good set if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. If you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, I wouldn't suggest picking these guys up because they're pretty expensive pieces. Unless you're just going to get the horse. <laughs> yeah. Secondary market, though. Get yourself a Brago. <laughs> Community. Question of the week was best Arkham Origins figure. Not not like uh, most powerful, just the best kind of force points. Actually, I think I did specify like force points. You think Deadshot's most force points? I think he's a short dial, but having played against him on Saturday, I, I really like him. I think if a player played him effectively and ran him with the right support pieces, he, he's a powerhouse. I haven't played against or with any of them yet, but just going objectively off the dials, I'm still sticking with Edward Nigma and Sheba. I think for their points. They're not yeah, that's a fair they're not hard heavy hitting as Deadshot and Destro, but I think for their points they are the most efficient. Um, as far as what I heard from everybody, I heard um, Deadshot and Deathstroke a couple times each. I heard Edward Enigma probably slight he was probably the slight winner. And I heard Shiva a few times too. Other than that, they that was about it. It was those four yeah. that were kind of the top ones. Saw a lot of Bane Saturday. Um, yeah, I saw some when we did the Soldier one, too, because he had a Soldier key with yeah. I think Corey was playing him. Somebody was playing him. Uh, TJ was playing him. Dial Design. Week 2 scores are now up. We're going to talk about the dial that got the best score this week. The, uh, why don't you go ahead and go over your assignment. Uh, my assignment was to give me a power-armored character, a character that used technology to augment their abilities in like some sort of power suit or armor suit, um, kind of like Iron Man does. Um, there were a few, there were a few, quite a few questions, and that was cool, guys. Um, if you ever have any questions, stuff, feel free to ask. Um, I shot down a few characters, I accepted a few. Um, overall, we got a lot of cool characters, though. I mean, like I hadn't heard of half of these, and I went and researched them, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, Overall, I get I did give out like on when I did my personal judging, like I, I handed out a lot of high scores. Like you guys did really great here. There was some cool stuff. This was actually the best the highest round of scores that I've ever given because I gave three people tens. I, I'm trying to limit myself to one ten every round. Like that's my unless like two of them are pulling at my heartstrings too hard. But uh the there was an Adam that I really loved out of these. Uh, yeah, that one, the Adam is the one that got the top score. They, like we said, there were several that got a mixes of 10s and 9s between the three of us. So there were there were like three or four that got excellent um, <clears throat> scores. The Adam, the Adam dial was one point ahead of those other ones. Yeah, it was tr- it was a hard one, guys. Um, I, I love it when it comes down to this one. There's a lot of really good dials competing so neck and neck. Hey, Adam's from Battering 96. Who has, uh, I think he's won. I don't remember if he won a best build or a dial design. He's won something. I can't remember if he won a best build or dial design, but he's won a contest for us before. Uh, 
The Adam has 84 points. He has a 19 defense and tiny size, which makes sense because when you got a person that's that small, they're going to be harder to hit. Yeah. Which is why Spider-Man's defense is also so yeah. high. I like when people put, you know, not only give the right powers on pieces, but give the right numbers on pieces. Yeah, I feel like Superman's and stuff if it's like a that Hulk, might be... He shouldn't be a 20 defense. He should be, he should be a 17 who doesn't take much damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? He should be easy to hit, but not too 17 is special in curve. Uh, the reason this Adam is so awesome is this trait. It's called I'm Going In. He can use stealth, give the Adam a power action, choose an adjacent character, and place him on its card. The character becomes the Adam's host. At any time during your turn, the Adam may evacuate, be placed, or parentheses, be placed in a square adjacent to his host, but can't be given a non-free action after doing so until the beginning of your next turn. If the Adam's host is KO'd, or if the Adam is the only remaining character on your force, he must immediately evacuate. The following item is in effect depending on whether the Adam's host is friendly or opposing. If they're friendly, he can use the power Micro Medicine at work. The Adam's host ignores opposing characters, exploit weakness, and poison. At the beginning of your turn, you may heal the Adam's host of one damage if it has exactly one action token. Opposing, if the uh, host is an opposing character, it's called Go 12 Rounds with Your Sinuses. I laughed at that name when I first saw it. I was like, well done. The Adam's host can't ignore pushing damage and cannot be healed. At the beginning of your turn, you may deal the Adam's host one unavoidable damage, Sorry, but immediately after it, roll a d6 on a result of one or two the Adam must immediately evacuate. So, that is just... It does a good job of showing... You know, when I gave my description for my score and why... It gives a good job of showing how a character like Ant-Man or the Adam can... If, when you've got Superman flying and punching freaking Lex Luthor or Darkseid in the face in a big Justice League showdown... What How the Adam yeah. can actually really affect the yeah. the game, but showing it well in hero clicks, doing that kind of power is just it. And not only that, the friendly and the opposing versions also show the Adam's scientific prowess, which is kind of his thing. I mean, that's what he's known for. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you could this could have been submitted as just the base vanilla dial and his attack power, and it'd be like, okay, that's cool, but. It, the trait's the extra mile that goes so far. Like, this really sells me on this character. Like, I, while we're sitting here talking about this, I, I have two, three different teams I'd run this on already. I mean, like, there's cool ideas for it. It's and, another version of what I was saying of making a character that has a creative power that shows you in clicks, lets you visualize in clicks how that would be in a comic book or a movie. Like, yeah. Like how him going off of the table and onto their card and infecting them and causing damage without being seen. Yeah, it, you know. It, and a, it really... a big kudos to Battering too on a well wording it. Like honestly, like I was trying to when I was judging some of these, I was like, some of these wordings are a bit like roughed up, kind of. Oh, I have to. It. <laughs> there's a few of them we have to. There's translate. a lot of times it drives me crazy because I'll see all these little um, wording powers and I'm like, you couldn't do that, but I I never take that yeah. into account. 
even on this one, there's it's a just one of, of those small. things I like to compliment when you guys do it well. Yeah, the, um, yeah. He he usually does a a good job of of his rules wording. Yeah, I couldn't find a hole in it. So there there's one that's not really a hole, but kind of a nitpick of how of mine was. Uh, uh, where was it? Give the item a power action and choose an adjacent character and place him on its card. It would it should need to say like and place the item on the opposing yeah. character's card. Like be more specific. But we don't give a crap about yeah. that. We know what you're saying. We're, yeah, we're, we're just, just complimenting yeah. it. We don't give a crap whether you guys make little things. It's not a big deal at all. As long as we can read it. Um, yeah, just <laughs> just please, use please grand, make please. it legible. There's a thing called punctuation. It was invented. <laughs> Long time ago, by right. Albert Einstein. Yeah, I believe you're right. I believe it was Albert <laughs> Einstein. Oh, but anyways, so great job, guys. Overall, I mean, like I thought this was going to be a hard one for you guys to pick some characters for. You guys really blew me away with some of your choices. The uh, uh, the uh, the top of the the scores for this month are neck and neck. We got two guys at 56. We got one guy at 55. And we got a couple more guys at 54, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, the, anything can happen last round. Or we saw in the team base round, somebody almost come from pretty far down and almost win on the last... Bold mood, Cotton. On the last second. <laughs> that was a bold mood, Cotton. <laughs> so Swagnito says, I don't know why, but I kind of dread Drew Week. It doesn't make much sense, considering the last one was the symbiote plus anything scenario, and that was one of my favorite best submissions. But I just think that he's that wild card. Who knows what he'll throw at us? Well, well it's guess a good what, thing it's not a Drew week. You don't have to worry about it, Swagnino, because I killed him. <laughs> I took care of that for you. You know, I figured you've been a loyal listener. I can do you a solid and uh, take out one of my best friends. <laughs> no, Drew did give us his assignment beyond the grave. It was in his Sucks will. To be you, buddy. It was in his living will. Uh, he left it, you know, his family some things, and then he said, "Hunter, I want my dial design week three to be." Any DC villain in celebration of DC Villains Month and Forever Evil. So, or, there were like 72 pages of uh, expletive. There were other well. boring things like <laughs> Hunter killed me and you can find the evidence <laughs> if you, if you, yeah, If you find my body dead, it was Hunter and Austin. They want, they want my possessions. But the, me, <laughs> the, the most important note was any DC villain uh, and he made like... And we're gonna put this the stigma on it like I did for our event. No, no. Oh yeah, you remember this one time that uh, the red tornado got a uh, mind controlled by a calculator and was made to um, uh, hogtie Superman. You know that means that he's a villain. No, the red tornado is a hero. We want classic characters known as right, villains. People that have known for the vast majority of their their time in comics as villains and it's DC only this week if you can't hold up a character and say this is a this is not a hero if there's a debate don't use it that's pretty, pretty much, much yeah if, if you don't know 100% in your head just don't just there's tons of options guys for this so <laughs> I don't know why you'd be trying to push the limits of this con of this specific one it's one of the this probably the most wide open or Mine, the mine's the probably. most mine's the most restrictive and then this next one's one of the most wide open so we'll see uh any other community notes let's see oh I've Got a lot of people sending emails and responding saying they would like, they would enjoy a YouTube 
uh, channel for our podcast. So I will look into that. I'll have to see how busy things are for work coming up, but I may be able to get one up this week as far as getting the channel up so that you guys can subscribe to it and be ready for when co- we get a lot of content on for it. the bombardment. Um, but, yeah, we'll try to do some unboxings on there when we do get product. We'll try to do maybe some um, little reviews of specific powers. That's one thing that I got people asking questions about, and that's actually a good idea. I would love to sit down. Um, kind of answering yeah. rules questions while showing it on a map. And I don't just mean generic, um, like how does energy explosion work, but I mean like specific situations. If you write me in a question, we can give the answer in video form. Yeah. So we're going to... Oh, also, Glass Cabinet Films, who I think I've plugged before on this podcast, it's one of the places that I actually learned most of my uh, basics of Heroclix when he first started from his videos and when I was first learning like little details on powers and stuff. Guys, check Glass Cabinet Films out on YouTube. Um, he has lots of good resourceful videos that you guys need to check out for rules and stuff. But the reason I'm another reason I'm bringing them up is... Uh, we will be doing some work with them in the future as well. We're going to try to hook up some schedules and try to try to guest star on their stuff. And maybe in the future, I can talk one of them, one of them, and uh, maybe see if I can talk Ryan into coming on our podcast or doing some kind of video chat or something. But yes, check out Glass Cabinet Films. Tons of uh, PAC explaining powers and things like that. We're actually going to skip comics uh, discussion this week, the Invisible Iron Man and the Marvel Now Iron Man, just because we're running short on time. We have a couple appointments we got to keep, but we will talk about them next week. Next week, we will also... It gives me time to read what I was supposed to read for this week. We'll also be reviewing <laughs> Mage Knight, the main set. Drew will be back from the dead somehow. I'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, we got to go pay a visit to Mephisto again. Well, no, I, I hate still owe him my... Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we'll be doing a Mage Knight review next week, and then the week after that we'll be doing Invincible Iron Man sealed review and give you guys some advice on Invincible Iron Man pieces that you should pick for when you do your AVX events. And tear it up. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Dial H4 Hero Clicks. Uh, on Twitter, it's the number four, and everywhere else it's spelled out. And uh, check uh, email any questions to dialatrohereclicks at gmail.com. Until next week, I'm Hunter. I'm Austin. See you guys.